right? The third train wreck podcast is <laughs> on its way. <laughs> and we have a new audience member. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and sooner than expected, only 10 days after the last, which will be another title of only the date because there's no way to date these. I was at least not as crazy in the, the last one. I feel like I navigated with the Spirit of God was on better than I did the first one just because it was incredibly overwhelming what was coming out of me. And the last one was much better. So let's see how good I do this one. Maybe it's even going to be even more better. Well, probably won't cry as much. Or maybe I will. Who knows? Whatever is exciting. I have no 100% except for this Balaam thing. I think God's showing me on. And for the people listening to this, this is like, I'm releasing secret podcasts. Now, done all my ministry, never secret like this. I've always done in front of audiences anytime I've done a podcast. I've never done one that were so specific to go out to other people. They were always just people I was speaking to and then to go to other people. And I think what, why it has to be like this and not a lot of people hearing it because when I'm in a room, I pick up the spirit of God, what the people need in that room. And so it's hard to make it go to more people because I'm picking up their, their stuff. Like even living in freedom, I was thinking about this the other day, living in freedom, Jamie, you'll remember this. When I recorded, I recorded, I filmed authority for the living in freedom and something didn't work with the video. And so I had to redo it. And when I redid it, it was a hundred percent a different authority message. And it was because of the room. And remember, you got some crazy like thing happen and from what that message was. And it still speaks to people. It's still in line with the message and the spirit of God is on. But I so pick, I just, and God, and it's not just me. God, that's the way God just does it. He speaks to me in that way that I'm picking up what people need to hear. And then I'm able to cut through their stuff in that, in that room. And so I think that because this is a message that's going to very, I think it's not necessarily like, okay, this is going to go and go to all the people that just people under this leadership. So the leaders are the people that are supposed to hear it as much as it's a shift of era and a shift of thing as something in the spirit that I'm doing. Like I'm not in my head being like, oh, this is going to go to all the, all the demonic like leaders that I'm nailing and everyone and all the people like, yeah, it's going to hit very special hearts and people that need to hear it. But I don't have a huge, you know, huge following that it's going to go to, you know, God's, God's sending this in a special way because I'm hearing some people tell me I never even got the alert on my phone that you, you said that mm -hmm. the alert on my phone that you even did a pot and then someone else is getting it every single time. And then I notice that I get alerts on my stuff of random podcasts of people I have no, cause I don't really listen to podcasts ever. And I get these random things on my phone of people I've never even listened to. And I think God was also showing me like. I'm going to send it in such a specific way to specific people, but it's more than that. Um, it, it's carrying something and it's what we're about to shift into with this, this flip of like, what's over the church? What's, what's been happening with this whole, just the whole political with this, just there's so much bulk in this. And because I, I mainly carry a thing for the spirit realm and dealing with exposing that stuff that if I'm going to help bring this to come to pass with help leading and opening a Bible school and stuff like that, then there has to be a shift for the people who are going to do that. 
there needs to be a flip to bring them out of the woodworks, to bring them into to the fullness of what they're to walk in and stuff like that. And so I just think there's a huge spiritual spiritual thing on this and like a secret little, you know, message, you know, that's supposed to go out. <laughs> so, so I think that like understanding fully, like what it is, that's why I'm not to have like, uh, otherwise if I tried to do, I could get a group of people. I could totally set up and go, Hey, I want to do this here and tell and get people. And I could have a group 23. I'm sure I could easily be, if I try to put this out there, send out new, do what I did before for, for events and God's not on that is not what this is to be because what is shifting right now is this secrecy of God's heart for the church that has not been displayed publicly and so because publicly we're not carrying the full heart of God because publicly we are so full of fame and narcissism and demonic stuff demonic doctrine demonic gifts like that stuff that his he's moving in the secret place right now he's moving behind the scenes where it's not to be that public. We aren't to have this this thing. And I know that, you know, gosh, it's like, man, the, the heart of God on him bringing his sheep out from under this is crazy. Just the strong thing that comes over me towards these leaders. I mean, I'm sorry, but man, it's like there's love for some of it and there is judgment, man. There is some judgment on it and I can feel it when I say it. Like it comes over me and some people would be like, where's the grace? You know, to these leaders who, who have walked in this a long time, who are displaying this, they were given grace. They were 100% given grace. That is the heart of God. When it turns to flip towards what God's after now, where it's jealousy and judgment, it's because they didn't listen to the voice of God in grace. And, you know, I was actually just talking to my dad about, about this today, talking about how I know I can look at a picture and see something in somebody's eyes and how somebody would say, well, you're judging someone by appearances, but yet... Scripture says, you know, the eyes are the gateway to the soul. So uh, actually, that's not, a, when you carry discernment, you can pick up demonic spirits. And people think when I go, I can see stuff. I get asked this all the time. People go, what do you see on me? Do you see a demon on? Every, everybody gets freaked out by me. They, I get people with the weirdest looks. I remember this one girl had attended some of my abide. She didn't know who I, who I was. She was a friend of a friend. And I was at that person's house and she showed up and she kept staring at me like super weird in a really creepy way. I was just like, why is this chick looking at me like this? And she just said, she goes, honestly, I feel like when you look at me, you're reading my soul. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're, you're thinking just because you hear what I speak on and teach that I walk around like that. That's not what it is. I don't like, I don't look at people and actually see a little demon on their back. That's not what I mean. When I say I see stuff, I see and I know. So it's like I have a knowing and I can see it instantly in, in the eyes, 100% in the eyes. I can see possession in the eyes. I can see leadership um, who teach God and look completely gifted and I see possession on them. And I could, and I won't name them, but I know I can see it in a split second. It's in the eyes. And I actually had, know a few that I compared when they were younger um, that they didn't have it. And then, um, you know, they were involved in revivals and stuff like that. And it happened later in life and now, now it's on them. And what that shows me is that when they started operating really strongly in certain gifts and what they taught, something they opened up to came on them and in them. And now their doctrine is demonized through the power. And um, that's just what it is. And people may not understand this, but you will understand this when this happens because you're going to see all this crap fall out for these people that are fully operating um, in and they have a possession on their doctrine. And I don't and that that's hard to understand. There's something in their soul now. You hear possession and you're going to 100% think that that means, and I've probably taught that. I know I've taught that. I said there's a difference between 
full possession of somebody who's headed to hell, like my ex. <laughs> as much as I try to act like <laughs> maybe one day, no, my guy's going to hell. I'm so sorry. <laughs> just, just this is what it is, okay? A guy is like, he, he, he is full-blown possessed, and I, and I know that about him. Now, me praying for him was for my heart. You know, like it just was, it was for my heart. Jesus was more worried about me getting free of, being free of it. And it's not that I don't believe that there's chances for everyone. There's only chances for some people. <laughs> oh God, there's so many people that would have so many arguments with this. I just, there are some people so given chances that got so sold to evil. I mean, the evil in this world, if we understood that the pedophilia and these things that is in the world started from something as a seed of pornography and a temptation that led them to a place of full-blown, insane possession, murder, rape, children being taken. That started from one seed. When it gets you all the way over here, that soul, I, I don't have a lot of where I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to pray for you. Like, I am afraid for you at that point. Because that is a thing that takes you to a place of evil that in, in some ways I'm like, ah, what's the coming back of that? And uh, I have experience with seeing this, you know, on people and knowing that there's a thing where I can look at you and be like, uh, like a, a woman that showed up to, I think you were there, at, at B1 and somebody brought her there to get delivered, for me to do deliverance because nobody could get her delivered. And so all these people are investing at this church. Pastors were. Um, all these people doing all this ministry for her and totally showing up to her house. I mean, I was hearing all the stories and they, and so then I was the last ditch effort. She went to multiple deliverance ministries. So they're like, okay, let's, let's, the, the woman was in leadership who brought her to me. Shows up and I see this one. I was like, oh my Lord, are you joking me? What on earth is people's discernment to invest in this? I'm not trying to be a jerk. I looked at her in a split second. I saw what, what was, what she was doing. That woman was full-blown possessed and sent into these ministries. And she walks in my room and I see it. I mean, I was in training. I was doing a prayer training for you guys. Mm -hmm. She comes, like, come, oh yeah, you guys were all there for this. Okay, this perfect, perfect story. And people can hear the, the story of this. This woman comes out. She, somebody blocks her and say, no, she's in a training right now. She'll talk to you after. She pushes past that person, comes up to the front with me, gets in my face. I don't remember what she said. She said, I have bipolar and I was told you can cast out my demon like that at me. And I was like, and I saw her coming at me. I was like, okay, this is, I knew it. I saw it immediately what she was. Like she was possessed and she was being sent in. I was, I was like, I kept, I kept my cool and I, you know, I just said, have a seat back there. I'm going to talk to you when I'm done and you're interrupting right now. So she goes and sits and then she starts having all this panic and anxiety being around me and like doing all her weird crap and making some weird noise. And I'm like, so what pastors invested in this is so interesting to me. I'm like, that is such a setup for you. I was like, this is so cute. You really didn't see this people. Wow. And so then, so then she still keeps targeting me. She had to leave during, I would not deal with her. I was like, you're, I see what this is. Like, keep her in the back of the room. And so she had to leave during my teaching because she was getting, the demons were making her go crazy. So she couldn't be around it. So she's pacing. And then we get to the end of the prayer. She runs up to me again and somebody brings in the blade brings her up to the front. She's doing her whole thing. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, oh no, I got so crazy on her. Because when I flip into that and I see immediately what you're what you're in and what you what you're what you're doing and know it immediately, I am not gonna come at you with grace. No, because you are a hundred percent letting a demon control you. And you're playing, you think you're gonna play me. And I put my finger on her forehead, <laughs> I got her face. I 
I looked her right in the eyes and I said, I see you. And I just caught, I called out the demon. I talked straight to the demon and I like shut it down on her. And she was like paralyzed, but still doing her weird crap. And, uh, and I was like, no, you need to, we're not, I'm not going to, no, you, you're trying to manipulate this. You're trying to manipulate these leaders. You're trying to, you're not going to do this here. This ain't going to happen. And I, I'm not even going to, you know, and then she kept pushing me, kept pushing me, pray my bipolar spirit off of me, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, cause that's not what you have. I said, you're playing everybody and you, and I, and then I, so then I, so one part you talk to a demon, then I can remove the demon. I'm going to call her forward. And that's what people and what I used to do is only look at you like a demon and nail your demon. No, when it's like a possession like that, I'm going to separate the two, but I'm going to nail your demon first, shut it down, and then I'm going to call her soul, her, her herself. And then I called her forward, and I said, I'm going to talk to you, and this is what you're doing, operating. You're not going to do that here. And it was, at one point, the woman starts to slither like a snake. I was like, oh, great. Oh, great. Oh, great. Have fun over there. Okay. You want to go slither? Or what are you doing? Like, I just don't have, like, I just don't have time for this stuff. Because if people, and, and I got the lady who was investing in this woman, and I had to get her delivered. I said, this was a witchcraft assignment on your ministry and on you. You can't do anything for this. This is a demon. She, or she's, in, she's possessed. And she has aligned with it. This is her choice. She is playing into all of this. She's played this past, these pastors at this church, this deliverance ministry over here. I had to deliver her and pray because this woman was harassing her, was donating towards her. So then she feels more tied toward the, towards the money. So I went so hard at that woman because I so pushed her off to the side. So then I took the other lady who is like a spiritual mom to me. So I love and honor her and would do that for her. Like let her bring some because I love her so much. So I take her to the side. I'm like, I'm getting this off of you. We're cutting this crap, this chick off you. So then I get her that the woman sees me, me and me and her get kind of hit when I pray for so the woman targets me again and runs at me and I look at her. I was like, sit down. I'm like, you know, you need to back off or I'm going to put you out of here. Like, I ain't going to play this. So, so then she just stares. So I think I freaked you. Like she shut down to me because she knew she wasn't. So then she goes and sits down. And then like 10 minutes later, she brings me a donation of money into that world. And I was like, wait, what? And I was like, no, thank you. And I handed it to the, to the, um, to the woman who brought her. I was like, here, I don't want this. Like, I'm like, this is, no, this is how she's tying, tying to you. She's trying to get you bound. This is why you keep investing in her. This is a play. I ain't taking that money. And so I, I let, you know, what's her name? She should get paid for what she dealt with with this woman. I was like, you need to take that. I like, I dealt with her for five minutes. Like, mm, you can have that money. I don't want that money. After, so this woman was harassing her and these people for ministry of getting to get them. They were showing up to her house during, during doing this minute. Pastors, pastors were doing this, okay? And uh, after I cut what had tagged on to the the woman who was a spiritual that I that I love that got in a little bit under that, after I was able to cover it, she never heard from the woman again. The woman has disappeared. Oh, <laughs> I get so hit. <laughs> I start to dance. Yeah, and yeah. She got. She disappeared. She all of a sudden is gone. Because the agenda was exposed. This is the problem with the discernment on people. I'm like, and I don't expect people to, to have this to the level I have. The only reason I have it is because of what I see in that I can see it on a person in their eyes and I'm going to nail them when I, when I see them target something like that. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to cut you real quick and I'm going to look aggressive. I'm going to look like I don't have grace. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. I'm going to let the grace of God be on the people that are, that are there for him. That, that's what, and that's what she was coming against. 
So what I was actually doing would be full-blown spiritual warfare. I am cutting off the devil's hand on something. And it looks like it's not grace. It looks like I'm aggressive, man. I, I freaking poked her in the forehead. I put my finger on her freaking forehead. I mean, that's aggressive, dude. I like got in her face and I was like, look. And I'll get right in the eyes of a person like that because their eyes carry the demon. And so I'll get in the eyes and I'll, I'll look the demon in the face because I know the demon's looking at me and I can scare the crap out of a demon. So I was like, I'll just get in your face because I'm calling you for what you are. And I, she goes, I just remember doing it to her. She literally walked up to me and that's all I did. I wasn't like, hi, hey, what's your problem? What do you need prayer for? I'm like, I'm going to poke you in the forehead. <laughs> see if you can see me do it. It looks so crazy. But honestly, like that, it's under the anointing. It's under the anointing. I am not just doing that out of Sarah. Holy Spirit comes on me and I see it and it, it for what it is and I call it, calling it out for what it is. You see something like that. Here you have all these ministries genuinely wanting to help her, but are lacking the discernment on what that demon was doing to all of them. And what it did was it then it was attaching to her ministry, was gonna torment. I know she was showing up to her prayer, her ministry stuff. And that woman was manifesting in all of them. And that woman manifested in a real, I mean, this is like Lord of the Rings <laughs> Gollum. <laughs> oh God, that was, that's funny. Yeah, like you're like, whoa. <laughs> like this is like, whoa, what are you doing? Like it's like another level type manifestation. You're like, okay, like I'm just going to let, I literally left her alone when she did it. I was like, I'm not even going to pray. I said in the last one that I like will pray peace when you manifest. I will pray peace over people who, um, are like saved and they're manifesting. You're you're possessed. I pray nothing over you. I'm just gonna poke you in the forehead and tell you to go away from me. Like I don't care. Like I'm not gonna because that's not gonna work. What's gonna work is call you for what you are and not get distracted by you and not play into your game. I'm not gonna engage you. And if it takes a moment where it's a distracting moment when I get aggressive like that, it's to shut it's to shut it down. We we have too much of these demons playing through people playing through these things, getting into ministries, going after people, and, we, and, and people are lacking the, 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 the fullness of seeing what the demon is doing, the agenda it's playing in, and it will use the idea of grace and love through scripture, right? I could sound like, oh, you're not full of grace. She needed help. She needed help. No, she was playing all these ministries. That was a demonic assignment. That was possession. That's different. So when you're looking at possession like that, that is a completely different thing versus when I don't know though, when I see this possession in some of these leaders, what that, I see it and it's full blown possession. It's the eyes of the, it's a, it's a glassy look of, I can't even explain what it is. It's a robotic look of the eye. And I see it when I look at them and it's something in there that I, I see a possession of something on them that has a full control. And so I can look at possession in different ways because I have seen a soul well, me, Sarah, Sarah, who, who was also Mary Magdalene, was also the Legion. <laughs> I was also the one in the cave. Okay, so, like, I have multiples of those. And, the, but the guy with the Legion, you know, he bowed down in Mark 5. He bowed down before Jesus, before it was cast out of him. So we could believe that he was actually saved. He knew who Jesus was to worship him, and then the demon manifested. Well, that was me. Okay, so, yeah, I could have appeared 100% possession like would look at the power of what demons had over my body, physically over me. And I will never tell the actual full details of my stuff publicly because it would flip, flip people out, flip them out. Like they will never be able to take me seriously. They understood like why I can teach this crap, but they had any idea. Like I'm a pastor's daughter, dude. I was fully saved. Okay. Had that happen. What are you going to do with that? Sessionist. You know, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do? 
And they would say, because you weren't saved. Oh, no, sir, I was saved. I was a, totally saved. I loved Jesus. I was hurt and broken. I was hurt and broken. And I had an insane gift to discerning of spirits in the spirit realm. And that gift would make me be able to feel and look and appear. And it's not just me. Mine would have appeared more severe than other people because of my gifting that I had, you know, and have. Like, it just looked, it would look like Emily Rose. It looked like full possession. And yet I, yet I was saved. So what do you do with that? We have, we have to look at these things differently. We can't just take scripture without understanding these things fully. I'm so tired of just doctrine, doctrine, doctrine. And that they want to say that you can't just go off experience. No, sir, you're not going off of any experience. You're going off only doctrine. You need to align your theology with experience. You need to. You're full of crap. You're full of crap to, to teach a gift of the spirit and not even know and experience it yourself. I don't, it's, I don't care how much you can box me in with your scripture. It is so dang off. It is so dang off that you have no experience. So don't give a full understanding of what possession is just by scripture. Unless you've come head to head with the legion. Jesus came head to head with the legion. He came head to head with it. These people talked out of what they saw. They walked the streets and people were delivered by shadows. Oh, they were healed by shadows? What do you think healing always is? Demons create these things, people. I'm so tired of no experience. No experience. I'll tell you something. What I teach on has biblical background always. 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 And if I can't prove to you what I'm saying biblically, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say now this is Sarah's experience. Now you're going to go and I cannot give you 100%. I Yeah, my head whipping. I am not going to give you scripture on that, okay? My, you know, like my only scripture would be the legion and that's not going to work. <laughs> that's going to be a little problem. That's why people think it, you know. That's why I did think it was demonic. Because that's what it is in scripture, hard movement. It's demonic, right? So I'm not going to tell you a scripture behind that. I'm going to tell you the foolish things. God used the foolish things of the world to confound the wisdom of the mind. That's all I'm going to give you on that. That's it. Because I can't explain it. And if you want to try to explain it, tell me what your little book of theology is telling you about my hen whipping. What? That I'm a heretic? Guess what? I can disprove a lot of your arguments. A lot of them. Because what I teach, I'm giving you in it biblically, although you may want to tell me what your thing behind it proves differently. Tell me what your life proves differently. Because I want to tell you, I was the legion, friend. I was the legion. I was bipolar. I was a drug addict. I was abused. I was stalked. I lost my mom. I lost my sister. And people knew how bad of a train wreck and a mess that I was. And this is who I am now. Guess what? I'm going to jack your theology up. I'm going to jack it up. When you want to come forward and say things about God, you want to think you can prove it in scripture, you better get before somebody who gets transformed by his word, not yours. Because who's being transformed by your word is who you are binding by your word. You're binding them to the voice of God. You are binding them. You are putting stifles on their ears towards his, towards his voice. Oh, 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 and you're hardening their heart with your doctrine. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, you are literally putting a cage on the hearts. You are hardening hearts. You are hardening and you're responsible. You are responsible. Oh, no, yeah. no. <laughs> so me and my dad we're, we're talking about this stuff today like 
it's so funny like it could probably because I get like things in my head and then I I love to he could teach me so much stuff like I totally I pull from stuff like all my commentaries are reformed Puritans like all of them I don't think I have one Arminian background commentary I don't I have books but I don't have I don't yeah none of them none of the stuff I have is actually so that's actually what I study all your little theologians that want to call me out shut up I actually study that stuff okay like that's actually what I pull from because I understand the um, knowledge I understand the uh, studying that they did I know a lot most of them lack power a lot of them would call say these things and and I but I can pull from a lot because of their knowledge and what they and what they get and stuff like that and so me and my dad were just talking about some of that stuff with cessationists and like today about um, it because I was like remembering that he took my sister to Benny Hinn for healing when she the cancer recurred when she was 16 and I was asking him I was like dad didn't you raise me that that guy was a heretic I just remember you took him to me he goes I don't know I might have <laughs> he's so funny he did he's like I don't he's like I don't think he is he's like I don't think he is I, I believe in healing and I was like, I thought you used to say, he's like, I, maybe, I probably, I don't know. I was like, but you took her. He's like, yeah, like, I, I believe in it. And I'm like, see, that shows a heart. This shows a heart. I'm like, dad, like, and then he's like, I also took her to Mario Murillo and years ago. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I took her, I took her there too. And I was like, so blown away because I know what that denomination, how the heretic hunt. And, and one thing that people might have thought I was saying, so reformed theology, like that I was referencing in the last one, doesn't mean it's a cessationist. Cessationist is like a doctrine. It's just going to mean that they don't believe in gifts for today or for today. You're going to find some reformed people do embrace that. Some totally don't. And they say it is for today. They just aren't going to be open to the wackadoodle stuff, 100%. They're not going to be open. So we got into like the whole thing. I was talking, talking to him about like my head whipping and like would people come into my stuff and things like that. And, you know, so we're talking about like that, that whole thing of like how I don't expect someone like him to be able to come into things that I do and, and embrace it. But it's a heart issue of just being open. If God wants to move in power, you may get uncomfortable in some of these settings because there's flakiness, there's demons, there's stuff that's off, stuff that's not real. And so I actually don't expect, oh, shove him into that. Oh, I'm going to shove my dad into the stuff I do. No, he gets so embarrassed for me. <laughs> I would embarrass that guy so bad and he knows it. And he knows it. He's like, okay, like when I did the, the, the one where I took the old lady down when I fell on her, like you were at. So the, the one I spoke at last week and I was in the prayer. I mean, that was this the nuttiest you know, everybody was all over the place, but I was one of the biggest train wrecks and uh, I was praying for an old lady and I started getting hit laughing and I fell on her and took her to the ground and I hit my head on a chair really loud, really loud. And it went through the whole room and it's so funny. People would be like, the Holy Spirit doesn't hurt you. Are you kidding me? Do you know how much funnier it became when I smacked my head? I died. Like, it hit me even funnier, and it was so loud. Everybody heard it. But then when I got off the ground, my prayer line had just doubled. <laughs> Everybody's like, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> and then the lady the lady called me after. She goes, she's like, everybody's talking about that, that event. She goes, I've never seen a speaker jump into the river. <laughs> I've never seen the speaker jump into it. And I was like, mm, I don't know if it's about jumping into it. I didn't have a choice. I'm like, I don't just like, that's not it. 
Jesus like has full control. Like I don't just, oh, I'm just going to choose to jump in. No, God, like he, he's funny. Like he has, if people understood him in friendship, that their theology would bust them up. They can't handle that I would say the Holy Spirit's pissed. They can't handle that I would say God treat. Oh, the I'm I'm so tired of that. Yeah, because you've never met him face to face. Like you don't know him in friendship. You know him in doctrine. You don't know him in experience. You don't know him in this way. When when he hits you and you're so vulnerable under him that he makes you do funny things like tickle your feet. Made someone in this room that people aren't hearing right now. She, I'm going to say this. She prayed one time at something we, we were doing. I think it was some Ray. I don't remember. Ray. Oh, yeah, it was me and Ray doing that thing. She prayed. God, please touch me tonight. Even if it's just, what would you say, toes or feet? Like, even if it's just my toes. Even if it's just my toes. Like, let me just experience your opinion. So this person I'm referring to is so people who hear this recording. I know her. I've known her for so long. And I know that she does not do. She would never. She hadn't even been hit by the Holy Spirit. All I know is I looked over at her and she was tickling her own toes in a corner. <laughs> and she couldn't control it. And I was like, oh, it was hitting everyone so funny because, and I was like, and then she tells me later, I prayed to God, just touch my toes. And she was sitting there touching her toes for like, and people are like, wait, why, why are you kidding me? If you understand God, that he looks at you as a child, that he wants you to have joy and fun. He wants you to see his heart, his kindness towards you. Like how much he actually wants to see you laugh. He wants to see you have joy. Like he cares for your heart so much. And your stupid freaking theology and your dang understanding of scripture has blocked you from that. And it doesn't mean don't read and study. I read and study like crazy. I'm telling you to say, God, if you want to touch my toes, and tickle me in whatever way to make me laugh like a child. Are you even open to it? You know, it says that what, like the children, children come to the kingdom. Oh, here we go. Right when I prayed, can I, God, don't let me forget a scripture. You have to be a child to come, come into the kingdom, right? Be a child first. Um, if you were, do you remember that? You shake your head if somebody could tell me what the scripture is. Everybody knows what I'm saying. It's the, you have to become like a children in your faith to come into the kingdom, right? That's what Jesus, because it's this people. It's this. It's a, to the child heartly faith, like of him, like to be able to be a child before him. Let me tell you something, where, how I become in ministry, I'm such a child before him. I used to be such a happy, little, funny little kid. And I've seen little videos of me, how I was. And you can, as a kid, like I have one video, it's probably the only, it's the only video I have of my, my mom. And we're on this trip. <laughs> this is so funny. I need to show you guys this video. You guys will laugh so hard at how I was at like a four-year-old. You, you see this video of everyone else and then you see me at like four or five, like off in the background, always by myself doing weird stuff. Like in one, one thing, you see me shoving a whole hot dog in my mouth by myself. And then another one, you see me slide down a sand hill and then picking it out of my butt and like dusting my, and it's on the video and it's all by myself. Like I'm off like doing these like weird, like you can just tell. I was like in my own little world and, and then there's, there's one, there's one of me outside a little tent or I'm inside a tent and you see a girl come up to the, to the tent to get in my girlfriend and you see me zip open the tent. You see my head poke out of the tent. And then grab the girl by her butt and throw her in and zip it down. I was four years old. Like, you see my aggression. Like, I was just in my own little land having fun. And I could see that side of me always in my life. That I'm kind of like, I just want to have I wanna have fun. It's if I, it was so stolen from me by my life. 
you know, depression and stuff. I really think I had such a joy. Like it was taken from me. And so this depression, this bipolar, these things, addiction came on me and tried to take everything that God put in me. And now he's given me this childlike thing because it was all through the idea of his character of, uh, towards my life because of what I lost. I couldn't be, see him to want me to be childlike, to want me to enjoy, to laugh, that he loves when I laugh. Like there was things that he would want me to do that were so against religion just because it would bring me joy. And yet people are like, what, you did this publicly, you did this? Yeah, because God likes me laughing. Are you okay laughing? Enjoy it because of him? Or are you too concerned on giving your like understanding of your doctrine? Do you even know him in that scripture? Because I'll tell you something, her tickling her feet that night changed her whole idea of who God was, right? Changed how she saw him as he looked at her. Like it turned into this childlike thing that he thought it was that funny. And she couldn't stop. She couldn't control. She tried to sit on her hands. Remember, you were sitting on your hands. And then Ray comes, Ray came behind her and goes, more, more. And she started doing it again. And she couldn't stop tickling her toes. It was so, oh yeah, she started tickling other people's toes. I remember, oh yeah, somebody was laying on the ground and screamed because she was on the ground tickling their feet. And when she told me later what was going through her head, she, you were hearing Jesus say what the feet. What it was serving people at their feet, and so she's hearing something God was speaking to her, but she was obsessed on people's feet, which is the grossest part of a body. It's so gross, and you can stop. It's so funny when you think about it. And like, if people hearing this are like, No, it's funny, people. If you had been a part of that, of seeing someone who would never do it, and you want to say, How's that God? I want to get you to tickle your own feet, I'm gonna get you to tickle your own main feet. You need to laugh, friend. You need to laugh a little bit because Jesus is good. And so when I took that old woman down, when I fell on her, and she was older, I took her to the ground. She got hit. She started cracking up. And I hear her go, I don't know why I'm laughing. And I'm like rolling next to her. And she was totally normal until I took her, to, took her. And I'm the one that took her down. The freaking speaker takes her to the floor. And she, and we're both rolling on the ground. And then I see you go fly by me. <laughs> then I see other people flying, getting like hit like that. And I'm like, God is sitting here going, who will receive me? Who will receive my goodness? The hardened heart that doctrine has done to people is a very demonic thing, and it's very sad. And the leaders who have done it, I want to nail you more harshly, but I want to get the people free out from under you. I want to get them free because I want what happened for me, which was when I had actually experienced power, experienced God. My first experience when I was 22, I get lifted. It feels like outer body experience. Here I am, reformed little girl pastor's daughter never knew anything of any other theology and that's what happens to me one day reading um, the German purpose like all of a sudden spirit of God comes on me and I had never known him to be real and I questioned him so much and that one experience transformed my entire life when I felt him like that and all I felt was this crazy heat and love go through my body here's the thing I may have been indoctrinated but I wasn't hardened I wasn't hardened at that point. I had been hardened. And when I had come back and had been a couple years after my sister had died, I was softened when that hit. But I was still hardened by doctrine, not hard enough to not penetrate. Doctrine will create a hardening that can't be penetrated. And I can see those leaders in a split second. That's false prophets. Oh, whoa. Because you're hardened. You're so hardened to a level that you actually have no intimacy and friendship with God. You are just full of knowledge. And your knowledge is so, so, so good. You appear to be saved. Oh, oh, <laughs> I love how I get excited about my own things. And that's not me. God goes, whoa, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I can feel it. Mm. Because some of the stuff that comes out of my mouth, I've never thought. 
Like in the last one, you asked me to try to explain how racism was towards God, how I said that in the last podcast. And I said, I didn't know that. I thought I had seen the spirit of the stuff going through this, this thing, this social injustice being towards and um, was releasing racism over everybody when we thought we were fixing it. I didn't know it was towards that. God said that in that moment. A lot of stuff comes out of me like that. That I mean, a lot of stuff is, is in me, and then it comes. He, he takes over and like slams it really hard at certain points. When I get like that, he's cutting things in the spirit. But that was straight out of his voice with anger. That this was actually towards him, him being a bigot. So when there's things that come out of my mouth that like what I just said, oh, that wasn't me. That was not me. He's calling it for what it is. He's saying you ain't free, buddy, or you ain't saved. That's what he's saying. That was him. He called you false prophet. He called you false prophet. <laughs> And he'll back me up. I stand behind him. And he, 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 he'll, he'll bust your face open. So. <laughs> All my dreams of me as a ninja. If people knew how many dreams I have is I'm a superhero. <laughs> I have a lot. Like how many? I'm like I'm the Hulk. I've had two, two, three dreams where I'm the Hulk and I throw people around and shoot guns and hit them in one thing. I'm like Jesus likes to encourage the fact I think I'm a superhero in the spirit. Uh, like then, yeah, I'm like, I go after the demonic. I go after the demonic and you, and I'm going after it in a very biblical way. Oh, this ain't just some flakiness. This ain't flakiness. You know, I can, I can prove it to you, get you understanding to, to get this. It's just that you, we got people who have gotten all of this, all of this over here, all this teaching of power, all this teaching of, of you have to have this experience of God and, and, and feeling him and, you know, if you're not in the presence, you got to feel the presence. I'm sorry, but my dad has been able to stand in front of God and for God without that because of his heart. Without his heart. Like, even though there's a ton of theology, that man, his heart is towards God. Even if there's certain theologies there. I'm not saying this about everybody who's in this line. I'm calling you for people who are full-blown full blown. You are so hardcore a heretic hunter. You are so hardcore trying to control your audience. You are so hardcore trying to call out the other side and say it's not this. And you think you have all the dang scripture to stand behind it and do it. So this is where what we're talking about. So my dad was telling me the view, like the cessationist view, like what's, what's, what the scriptures. I don't know why, especially why um, I'm going to, I just feel like I'm supposed to for people to try to understand like the the difference, um, this is interesting that they literally only have one scripture to stand on. That's just funny to me. I'm sorry. That's only your interpretation, dude. That is only your interpretation. You ain't got nothing but this scripture to stand on. Nothing but this. And it's an interpretation of this scripture. An interpretation. You built a whole dang theology around it and teaching this to people. That, the, that these things are not for today. Because, and my dad told me, he told me the story of this guy who was trying to prove that the charismatic stuff is, is solely off and the gifts are totally off by him going into a setting and he recited Psalms 23 in Hebrew and to see what they would do and pretend like he was talking in tongues. And there's a guy who got up and acted like he was going to, um, was it translate the tongue? And, you know, translate it completely wrong, made up some big thing. So this is a story well known. This is how we're going to prove that this is wackadoodle and completely off and blah, 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 blah. And, it, and it's like, okay, you go off. One thing hardens your heart. A story. Because my head whips hardens your heart. Dang, if people understood this is about the heart. Oh, I'm going to tell a story before I go to, go to this. I, this is what I, I was thinking about. 
about a girl who showed up to a bye who wasn't saved at the time, was brought by somebody, and I was told she was coming, and I and had she had been a new age and stuff like that. And I was like, what? Are you sure that's the smart move? Like, <laughs> bring her to one of my most intense things. And she and she came and sat through the whole thing, and then even continues to show up to be one, comes to these things and to the events. And I, I'm sitting there going, this is like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Someone who's not saved was in new age, and she showed up to the teaching where I'm nailing witchcraft on my and abide. I nail it, and an expo, ex, enemies expose one and two. I go after new age stuff and in witchcraft that's that's in the in this in the culture today, and. Um, which is what she was doing. She didn't get hard. She didn't get hard by that. So she comes back to the weirdest church there was. And if you would like to call it a church, I'm not so sure. We didn't really have a pastor. And, uh, you know, we just were like, whatever. Me and, me and Scott were the main, you know, speaking and stuff like that. But it was all, you know, we, it, just, we, it was my experience of being pushed out. Not pushed out, but shut down at a church because of what I look like. <laughs> God goes, goes, let me goes, have me go start a church. God's so funny. He always like redeems anything. Like, okay, you're gonna do that. Here. I'm gonna go give you a church and let you walk this out of what it looks like to open up to the spirit of God and experience doing this. It was for a year. There was a reason for it. It taught me a lot, and it'll help me to go to certain leaders who do things like that. What does it look like to not have power and control over gathering? What does it look like to not try to make performance? What if you don't have worship? What I mean, just all the stuff that we never took up offerings, anything like anything like that. So she shows up to the most craziest thing ever, and the 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 weirdest thing is me. Let's just say it. You know, the weirdest thing there is Sarah Bryant, and we know that. And uh, most of the people got so used to it. I was so insecure of it at first. I would tell people to shut their eyes before I start praying. And I'd do it really aggressive. Everyone close your eyes. We're gonna beat the, don't look at me. Cause I knew how crazy and I'm so insecure care of it. By the end of B1, <laughs> I didn't give a crap. And that was probably what Jesus was delivering me of is to, to be free of, of what he wants to do and be okay if I offend people by looking at me because what comes out of my mouth is, is has accuracy on it. I don't look the right way, but my mouth is gonna, is gonna touch you. Is gonna be able to, to display something. So it's almost as if my appearance offends and confounds the wisdom of the mind, yet the word of God touches the heart. So he does two things through what I look like and, and what I say. So this girl, she keeps coming, and, and then I pray for her, and of course I do my crazy thing, and um, she tells me later, so this girl then, I find out later, becomes saved, you know, starts even like getting in my ministry, and, I, and she's, so, she's so cute, I love her, she's super sweet. And find out she gets the gift of tongues now. And I remember just saying over her something she was gonna, you know, walk in and so she told me we talked on the phone a couple months ago and she and I, I wanted to hear like, you know, what it what's happened for her like through it because I was just so blown away. And she said that, you know, what happened was that you spoke something over me and told me more about myself than I even knew and more than any of the new age could have told me. And in that moment, I knew that that was God's pursuit of me because the the other things I had been doing, which was probably probably some of the stuff where oh she had a third a third eye open the chakras the things that get you and when they start to open those things and those things like yoga training and what they open you to do you're gonna have a, a discernment it's a it's a demonic discernment but it gives you it's a it's a part of it's a false prophet spirit um, it'll give you. Um, 
able to control certain emotions about yourself. You'll be able to tap into a weird piece, um, and it's going to give you intuitions and stuff like that. It's all demonic, but it gives a power. It's just a witchcraft thing that comes on it, and I can see it on someone in a split second when they have the third eye, and they have what those spirits came in. She had all that, and she said, I had never got from any of that. What that what that prayer did completely like changed my life, and I was like, wow, that's a soft heart. That is soft soil right there, soft soil. That girl had been in everything everything that you would think she would run from what she did yet you've got a pastor who would run from me oh 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 you have people in the church that would, would would run because of the appearance because of the appearance offends you so bad by the fact that she was so not god that why would god do that to you i've heard some girl t- <laughs> I heard some the lady who tried to give me the word of, from Galatians 2 that she carried a word from God for me and it was just so interesting that she compared herself to Paul I was like oh that's cute you're Paul okay um cool and I'm Peter sweet okay um one thing Paul and Peter had a relationship and did and had a strong relationship they were you know in in the same things together this woman met me twice and you're Paul and I'm Peter okay I can't wait to hear where this goes guess what I'm Jesus and you're Peter get behind me Satan <laughs> okay so I was like okay so I let's, let's just hear what you what you had to say you're gonna give me your theology but one thing she said is I just don't because of the way I responded kind of I think shudder, she just was like, whoa, my response, because I wasn't mean. And I just told her, I said, you know, this will change um, when God chooses for it to change. Until then, this is how he shows himself. And I, I hope you can receive from me, but I understand if you can't. And she was like, oh, I didn't know what to do to like that type of like, I don't, I'm good with you. Or I, I'm okay if you're not good with me. Like you can keep coming and, and all this stuff. And so she then doesn't know how to back out of that. Like, oh, I don't know what we're doing. So then she's like, but I'm just so worried. I just don't want your neck to hurt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to go to that. Why? Are you worried God's hurting my neck? Because that wouldn't be God, would it? I just am going to stare at you like you're stupid. Okay. When you want to give me the idea that God doesn't want to hurt my neck because of my head whips. Yeah, that'll mess with you because I have a bad, I had, I don't anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't have a bad neck anymore, but I used to. And it was crazy that that was what God did. And that's how he showed himself. I never got mad at him. I love him. And I know he loves me. That didn't mean anything. He showed to display himself that way through me. And it hurt my neck, but in some ways it was good because I didn't overdo it. It stopped me. How about we try to see things through it to his heart? We're so stuck on the idea. God might hurt you. He wouldn't do any, like, what's your idea of God hurting you? That's not God hurting me. God was transforming my heart and mind before people. He was setting me free. Yet, because it hurt my physical body, this body is going to be done away with. That's not all of him. The body's in the natural. The suffering's in the natural. And people get over, like, the idea of endurance, if people would get this, your pain tolerance is based on what you've endured, okay? It's based on what you've endured. So people who can't tolerate certain things is because you haven't endured enough. What is, like, the, I don't, the definition of endurance is being the ability to keep going, 
long running endurance. What is that? To keep going. You, why? How do people get good at long, long distance running? They started short. They got better and better and better by pushing themselves. If people understood, your pain tolerance shifts on that. I hear people tell me, like medical people, when I've had certain procedures or things, things done, they always say, like, well, you don't, like, respond to pain normal. I, I had a biopsy for something a few years ago, and they said women scream at what I had done, and I didn't make a noise. And I, because I, mind over matter, people. I mean, think of women have the worst pain in childbirth is, is known that this is what's said. I mean, now they use things for it. Some people don't, and they, and they, you, you, it might never matter for which, what you're bringing to, is, is a, 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 like a human to life. What if you looked at your pain as bringing such a crazy life and power to your, to you, that if you chose to just press through it, you can overcome it. And the problem is, is that people, they break so easily in the suffering and when you haven't endured anything, you've had very children, and you endure some, I actually understand why you collapse so easy, because you've never had it. Like you haven't experienced it. So let me let me speak to that for you and tell you that that walking through this is gonna make you stronger. It's gonna make you stronger. Like what I went through this last year of the physical suffering gave me a whole new perspective for my sister. I mean, my body felt like it was chemotherapy, like my insides were dying. And it was infected. I mean, I had to get physical therapy from you. Some people hearing this, someone in the room is a physical therapist, had to help me through what I was going through because my body was transforming. On the inside, things were, God was healing things so supernaturally. People hearing this as a, if you go back to my other podcast, it'll take you a long time and, and they're, they're a little wackadoodle. But if you go back, you'll hear the, the journey that I'm talking about of healing. I had to have physical therapy done. And for this, per, this person who worked on me in this room, worked on my neck before and said my body was so incredibly locked as a chronic pain patient that the muscle the way my muscles responded would lock under anything very quickly right I wouldn't respond to what you would do on my body and that's what the chiropractor would say to me too my body was always it's almost I think my body was in fight or flight all the time like it just was in such tension from what I'd been through that I couldn't respond to things so she gets to see coming through this and I had the dream that somebody was gonna touch my neck and say your neck's brand new that she got to see it and feel it. Say, say yes. Yes, it's new. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that it, it uh, that now I respond. Tissues different. My neck is completely different, and it can respond differently to manipulation and things and things like that. But what was happening in my body would feel as if it was chemo, chemo. Like it felt so sick and so much pain. And yet it's never been heard in healing ministry. You'd have so much pain and something like this. Yet God's telling me I'm delivering, I'm setting your whole body free of all infection, all the pain of your past, all the things I'm going to make everything new. It's going to look different. It's going to feel, and I start seeing, start, start seeing signs of it. So let me tell you, my endurance for pain went to another level and I already have a freaky endurance of pain. You would never know I was sick and the way I am. I worked out like crazy. And I was that much in pain and I would lock myself. I was always, always, I just had an ability to override in things in my mind and keep doing it. Well, guess what? When I get to experience more pain in the healing, which is mind blowing, here's why we don't understand. We think the suffering of the body means that it's like, not like either demonic, it's not God. God doesn't let the body, like if we understood that your body is, is it's dead to sin, but yet you've had sin in it. You've had sin in it. And we're in a world full of sin. So there's things that are going to be your body that it's not a display of God. It's not. You are dead to this. 
Now choose to grab the life of it. Now when you choose to grab the life of it, guess what? God will pull the sin out. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's what he did for me. He pulled the sin out of my life that had been in a body that was ridden to it. And it had pain and suffering. And it would be pain and suffering physically. And the people out there that I just have such a heart for, you understand I have a heart for it. I saw my sister die of cancer. I saw that girl suffer like nobody. And honestly, I and I said this, I honestly, going through what I did this last year gave me a new perspective of what she endured in chemo. Like having your insides die in infection and not, I mean, my body felt infected and it, and it didn't understand how this was healing. And that God was saying there was infection in things that have to now come out of you. So many people are carrying infection of abuse and infection of toxicity, infection of your own narcissism, infection of all these things that have infected your body. You've infected your heart with your narcissism. Like you, the way you think, the way you do things, man, it will infect your physical body. And we try to put scripture and we try to put God, we try to formulate healing, try to place all these things on what we think because of what we feel and see in the natural. But when your body is dead to something, yet it once lived in it, you must grab onto the life on the other hand, even when they're suffering. So if I had to walk through all of it, and I and and let's just say my endurance went to another level. I had to look at someone like my sister and be like, "Man, I like this is going to sound a little bit morbid, but I wish she didn't have to do so many years like that. Like that she could have gone home to Jesus earlier. Like she got a promise. She got a new body. And just because someone dies doesn't mean they don't get a promise. They got a bigger promise than you will ever have here on earth. And that's what's really twists with people with the thought of death." We get so stuck that someone dies that we actually like, we so twist God's character because we lose them that like everything changes in your life because you lost them. And, and, and yeah, I lost that best friend. I did. I lost, she lost her life that she could have had here on earth. She lost being a mom. She lost, actually she didn't lose being a mom. She had to have an abortion because by another, <laughs> I almost said a crazy word. <laughs> almost came out another jerk of a face of a man that got her pregnant and then like left her and she had to have an abortion but and so sad as she wanted to have a child so bad um that was her dream like she was engaged to a guy she had so many stories of men if I could have explained why I understood like this injustice of things just in my life and what I saw my sister engaged to a man hoping to just get married at 16 because they didn't know what's going to happen for her and this guy you know, it had proposed. Well, he had cheated on her and cheated on her with another best friend and then breaks up with her the day before they were supposed to get married, okay? And then she gets pregnant by this other guy. She had to get an abortion because she was having treatment at UCSF and the radioactive treatment would have made the child like retarded. And so that like devastated her. But you know what it was? It was a promise for her in heaven. She now gets to raise that child. And for people who don't understand the fullness of God's heart, who don't see like abortion, see miscarriages, like that child is now in heaven. It could be with your grandparent. Like what if your grandparent who's died, like Matt, just think through these things, people. If we saw like the full purpose of a promise, if we saw it beyond your promise is your money, your promise is your marriage, your promise is that. Yes, that is partial promise, people. The fullness of a promise is heaven. It is heaven. And like, honestly, I cannot wait to get there. If I didn't have like marriage and children coming, I would have wanted to be dead. <laughs> I, I know I say the craziest stuff. <laughs> because sometimes this world just sucks, okay? It just does. And if I hadn't known what I was called to do in the church and into people bring Jesus, Jesus back, I would have checked out a long time ago. <laughs> 
<laughs> I tried to, okay? I tried to years ago. But like really because, and I was, I was saying something to my friend the other day. I'm like, do I sound crazy? But I was saying about somebody who I was like, this, when it's time to go, we get so stuck on the loss instead of like celebrating, like if they weren't suffering, like, you know, if, and I, and I have to be real with this, if they're saved, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry and compassion for this. I can't touch that. I can't, I don't, I don't know how to touch that for that pain, like of losing somebody that you don't know. I, I just do know that the heart of God is bigger than, than doctrine in what may people, someone may told you they weren't saved. That's all I'm going to say to that. Because some people think someone wasn't saved and they were. And I believe God honors things that we wouldn't understand. We wouldn't understand. He honors certain people, certain promises that you could, their last minute he grabbed their heart. We can't understand God. We can't understand what that looks like. And I just know that there's a fullness of a promise in, 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 in heaven that when we could change towards those losses and be like, man, they just gained a brand new body. Like I just look at, I was like, man, you know, I feel like core, like I know we were desperately trying to save my sister and she was such a fighter and she, we didn't believe it could happen to her. Like I didn't at least believe that on top of my mom, then her, like it just didn't make sense to me. Like how could in a ministry home who preach it? Like it didn't, you can't make sense that God actually gave her a promise and he saved her. Like he gave her a new body. Like it shouldn't be expected a girl to live like that sick for that long. And I lived, I experienced it for a year. A year and I was like, how did she do it? Like, no wonder. Like she was in bed all the time and on morphine pumps. Like no wonder. And then I watched her for like eleven years and like I just wish like I'm glad she got to go when she did and that I wish it had been earlier, honestly. And I think people like you need to like change your view of loss and change your view of even like a miscarriage. Like change your view of it because you don't know. What they're actually getting is beyond what your joy you'll ever have here. It's beyond it. And like there's people that you hang on to people so badly for yourself. You do. I'm like if my dad got senile, I would give him a pill to go to heaven. <laughs> you know what I told them at lunch one time? My dad had set him off. I told him that if I could get on the, if I find out that... That like, you know, it's towards the end and you're being like, you're older and it's like time to go. If I can get a hold of something, <laughs> I'm just like kidding. I told him I'd pray him into heaven. Like pray him into heaven, not cling on. Like when that pain, and, and this is old age. It's so different in old age. Old age, to people who lose people in old age and let it crush you, you should be dancing. You should be dancing. They lived a full life. It may have been, in, there may have been pain, they lived a full life and they're going to heaven. Dance their butt into heaven. I will be dancing. Yeah, this is, I'm good. I can't go there. Whoa, who just got real morbid. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I start going in. I just, people need to change this. I'm like, if it gets there. Yeah, I lost my mom. Yeah, I lost my sister. But man, it, when it's time and like God calls it, it, it somebody, if you see it through their through their experience, not yourself. It's narcissism to try to be like so focused on the, the, the this like loss. And I'm not talking about someone who lost a child. Please hear me right, God. I'm so not trying to take that pain from your heart and say that I then call you out for that. No freaking way am I saying that. Please hear me with this. These are things that a person is suffering, suffering, suffering. And they may be that you lose them or something happens 
and you're so hurt and stricken, but if you could find joy that they were given a promise and not twist your heart towards God, that's it. That's all I'm trying to say. Like not twist your heart towards God. Like understand that there is a fulfillment of a promise of, of death that doesn't make sense, of death that doesn't make sense, that death brings life and it does in the natural, death to your body, death to your mind, death to the things that are sin in your life. It will bring life. And sometimes it's so much pain. It's so much hurt when you actually walk through it. But man, there's so much power on the other side to flip that perspective. And when I know that my sister, that abortion, when God started showing me, I that was a promise. It looked like death on earth. And it was a promise that she's going to raise that child in heaven. And I remember having a vision one time of her. And I saw her and she had a, like a little girl next to her. And I, and I knew that that was what God was giving her, that she was a mother in heaven. She's a mother in heaven. And so many people who are so bound by the word of God without the heart of God, you can't even think that way because you're so bound by certain things that you have taken from scripture and indoctrinated, bound yourself and it has hardened you. And a lot of it has come from a teacher above you. And then people start to see, man, this person taught me that this, this charismatic movement over here, that this over here is not right because this looks this way. I would say, yeah, it's possible that that is off. It's possible that what you saw in that moment was, is off. Um, I'm just going to say, would you check your heart and go before God and say, if there is something, God, that you want to show me in power and truth that may not look the way that I believe scripture should appear to look, will you show it to me? That's all I'm going to say to you, say to those people, is your heart soft enough to even pray that prayer? Because the people who can't pray it, I'm afraid for that hardening on your heart. I'm afraid for it because that just shows who you are in your heart. It shows what your doctrine has given you. It shows what your idea has given you. And then when we're over here where you can only know God through power, seems like I don't see that with somebody like my own dad who seems to know and stands for God no matter what, even through all the loss and pain, even through doctrine, even through this, he would never, ever, 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 ever say anything against God. So we cannot just say just power. Now, power transforms. Power changes. Power breaks hardening of the heart. But there are some hearts that are still soft under doctrine. Still soft under doctrine. And even though they haven't seen that, it's because the heart's purity. And uh, those are the people I want to go after. Those are the people that they, they have some hope. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Not calling everyone else hopeless, but I'm calling the severe hardening of these wolves that there's such a harshness on these guys, Blah! these people, because their agenda is all about them and they have used God as their support. Blah! And they have completely defamed him. And I said, I said, I said, Dad, that he's, that person's a blaspheming God. Not a little, like a debate of how certain, what's error versus heresy. And I said, okay, so if that's just, not a bullseye doctrine. When you say bullseye doctrine, there's going to be beliefs and somebody's doctrine that's going to be salvation based that wouldn't be called heretical. It just means, hey, it's in this arena and different. Maybe some, some people would view Arminian versus, you know, a reformed theology isn't going to be salvation based and other people would call that whatever heresy. That that's just the theology that the gifts aren't for today 
isn't heretical. It's just not. And, and I'm like, nope, that's a bullseye theology. That meaning, that's heretical. And I said, so if this guy, this, these people who believe this, would come publicly and say somebody like me is, is heretical, why can't I call him a heretic? That's what I said to my dad. <laughs> I, I, sometimes we have these little like debates over like, I'm like, so he can call it heresy, people who walk in the gifts, yet his view isn't heresy? Oh, his view is way more heresy. <laughs> like there is no heresy on people preaching that the gifts are for today. There isn't. You're a heretic, sir. You're calling them heretics. And you name them. They call them by name. This is when I say publicly, I'm like, there's certain people that can say things publicly about certain people because it's not in the arena of that type of idea. Because that's such a demonic thing that is so about supporting your what interpretation of this scripture, which is 1 Corinthians. Okay, so it's 1 Corinthians. So this is the... I the backing to why people would to say this. So it's uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but I might want to go to a different translation, but hold on. But we, but when completeness comes, so the, so, and I think the other word, it's like when the new test or the, the, okay. But when completion comes, what is in part disappears. So it's the um, interpretation Meaning when completeness come, they're saying when the Bible was complete in, in its fullness, when it was written and done, that was a completeness. Meaning that now all those gifts, yeah, that's how this is interpreted. And strongly, strongly that people stand behind this. This one scripture proves that this completeness now, and it's so interesting to talk. I'm like, that's crazy. This was the only, like, this is the main scripture that this doctrine's behind. When completeness comes, then it's this was done away with. Then we have no need for it today because we have the word of God. <laughs> the word of God is the completeness of everything. I mean, it's like, wow, yeah, the word of God is the completeness of everything with the spirit and power of God completes it. The display of the word of God must be seen. The display plus the word the display you displaying just your stupid stupid mouth does not display just by that and it's so interesting how it must give people a power to embrace it because they like to call someone else heretic that that walk in it it must give them some sort of a, ooh I'm so like whoa I can call that out for what it is and I'm gonna prove it by going and speaking Hebrew of Psalms 23 and have them mistranslate it like it's really super crazy how this stuff has gotten to the level it has with the ditches that this has fallen into instead of like, man, like what is God actually like saying and, and, and having discernment, dang, the lack of people to, and, and it's not the discernment like me, like seeing, I don't expect people to like, I don't get mad at, I just like, I understand people are not going to see things like that to that level. I want to discern like the people's hearts under these teachings and the spirit of God is so strong in this that this is how many how many stinking hours of this? And another thing I want to bring up. Okay, so many people hear me say witchcraft, witchcraft, witchcraft. And they would have no idea why something like that is witchcraft. When I did witchcraft training, what was it? Eight hour teaching? I mean, probably eight hours. Just on witchcraft. Just on witchcraft. And that would be something that's going to be for 100% for more leadership when I really can break this down. What what this is. What's structured over the church. what What is behind all this. It's that much of the bulk of when I just say witchcraft, you're just hearing me say it, it's not going to make sense to you. 
when I just call something like, okay, what did I, okay. I said, I said something like churches that uh, have, oh, you're creating a music label, all your fame. And I go, oh, you're so witchcrafty. And people wouldn't understand what that means. One of the things of the spirit of witchcraft, this is, but the main thing, the main thing of, of what's behind a spirit of, of witchcraft, which it's going to be witchcraft isn't that actual like word that's like more of a translation it's going to be divination sorcery um soothsaying familiar spirit um uh that might be there's there might be one more in a all of those are going to translate to witchcraft but all of them have like different meanings and understandings any of the spirits that are behind any of these things in scripture all these spirits their desire is to be a god to a person and this is a hundred all faults all all the um false gods, all the idols, all the demons behind it, all those things. So when you're looking at a false prophet, you're looking at a false teacher. Why I can say that that's a like a false prophet is a false teacher. All of those are, are the witchcraft is behind all of them. The witchcraft spirit is meaning it's not just one spirit. Now Jezebel would be the head of it, but you have all different types and how they move and operate and, and things like that. That desire for that spirit is to get a human to worship it above God making it appear to be a god in that person correct okay this is this is what this would look like and this is why god is so jealous he said that you would have no other idols before me you would have no other idols before me right that i mean um i mean because like that's all he was dealing with that's what all god god was having to deal with all these false gods everywhere i mean even the israelites they had tons of false gods that was normal for them that was normal that was a normal thing god understood that that was a normal thing but he tried you know he had to pursue like that you have no because the temptation of these false gods of these idols of these demons that fed this thing inside of people what do you have in church today why this is which why people get so spun out on the word because you have placed the word on that that in your idea it's just this big thing over there witchcraft is ew it's a witch and this no this spirit get, get that word out let me change it to a word of a, a rock i don't know <laughs> it's a rock i don't know what to do like get it it's a word that flips people's minds out to not understand what that actually is it's not as scary as you understand like there's it's so much everywhere it's so crazy it's so everywhere this is why god's demolishing stuff right now because it is everywhere it is in all these things i mean i could call it out and explain to you how it's in this doctrine this and what it's going to do it's going to pull people to themselves these leaders pulling them to themselves i'm going to name the bible this bible by my name and this is this person's name and this is, oh, and, oh my, this is my name. Is everything's me. Everything, I'm going to put a scripture, but I'm posing in the background. Oh, Galatians, I just happen to look really cute in the background of the scripture. Oh, yeah, it's about the scripture, not your faith. I mean, it's a, such a joke. It's such a joke how people, we have put this thing that you are so trying to bring people to God, but you are bringing them to you. That is witchcraft. That is witchcraft. If people understood that it's a spirit behind this and it's it's tempted the people, it's tempted the leaders, it's gotten the leaders to think that this is what we do. So I'm going to get a big music label at my church and I'm going to name it this and I'm going to make it so famous and this and why I call that witchcraft. They are leading them to themselves, to themselves. That's why it's witchcraft for people who don't understand that. Now, that is like such a, a, a like a small, it, what's behind it is the demon. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not that these people are in, in a room thinking up oh no they're deceived by it so it's a deception and some of them are full-blown wolves the other ones are just so clueless and narcissistic it really is i mean their narcissism just led them into it it just led them into the temptation to think that this is what we get like we just get well known it's just so interesting to me like when i got felt the holy spirit i mean well 
I know. God was the mockery that got released by the people who were in the White House as spiritual advisors that didn't do what they were supposed to do. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, one of the people I looked at their social media because some of the stuff that came out of my mouth I didn't know. So I was like, I need to look at the social media and make sure. And I look, I was like, holy crap, Jesus, you knew. I did not know that. That's crazy what they put on social media about it. Oh my gosh, you're such a Jezebel. Oh, it's so gross. It's so gross. Oh God, it makes me feel so dirty. It was all about this person. All about it. All about you. Oh, I'm in the White House. Oh, I'm dancing. Look at me. I just happened to dance by Trump. Oh, I'm going to pray for him too. Oh, look at me. Pray. Oh, I'm laying my hand on him. Let's take a photo. Oh, did we, did we capture that? <gasps> Put it on Instagram. Like, it's such a joke. Oh, God. Oh, it's like I turned into like this. I'm such not like, uh, I don't even know what I've become. Like, I know the anointing. It's so funny. It's like I need to be given some like playwright. Um, I don't even know what it's like I'm doing. And it's so crazy. This is, this is okay, the prophet, um, huh. I would like to sit down with you. I just have a question for you. So when, uh, so when the prophets, the ones like, let's say the famous, what would be, what would you call because you're, okay, so you can be famous. Oh, because John the Baptist was famous. Guess what? He was beheaded. <laughs> yeah, he was beheaded. That's what happened to him in the New Testament. That was a well-known, that was a well-known one. Elijah, oh, Elijah, yeah, yeah, he's more, he's talked about so much in New Testament. Guess what? He was chased by Jezebel, threatened to be killed. Like we, oh, oh, Isaiah was sawed in half. Like we are so, what on earth? You are what? To be called to bring something to a leader. What on earth did you get? He was eating locusts in a wilderness. I mean, he was hidden. He was talked about. He was talked about. People knew his name because he displayed power. He lived a certain way. And look how he lost his life by what? A Jezebel. Oh, I'm about to go somewhere. Good. Look at here. Oh, I got something. Oh, yeah. All right. Salome. Before King Herod, let's just talk about what took out, oh, John the Baptist. Yet John the Baptist had no alignment with Jezebel, yet Jezebel still got to him. Now, what do I mean by that? The Jezebel spirit, it works through men and it, it structures itself. But, oh, good Lord, men, the best way it works is through those little pretty princessy women, <laughs> especially men in leadership. A lot of people think that the spirit of Jezebel is definitely that seductress woman that is a hundred percent what it is oh my gosh but it's hidden so well and I'm, I'm not gonna go to that I'm gonna talk about what everybody knows Jezebel to be which is the hookers <laughs> okay and uh, they don't look like hookers but they're hookers they're, they're they've sold their soul they've sold their soul those types of females that have been um, placed in ministries placed around that carry these spirits they will target the men that is open to these this lustful thing. It doesn't mean just for sex. It's a seduction of authority. It comes in all these different ways that target. I mean, okay, I'll go there. It's like, oh, we got so many stuff on this. Okay, Salome. This is why. Okay, Salome dances. Now, now here's why this is a spirit of Jezebel. The spirit of Jezebel was on Delilah that took out Samson. It's on Salome um, and Salome's um, mom, Herodias, was the main Jezzy. Jezzy, 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 because 
because John the Baptist calls out that he she then marries this the brother and he and he he's he's convicting her calling out. So you know it's she's a Jezebel. That's a Jezebel. Okay, get you get called out and you you know that that female wants that power again. I mean, that is the exact same thing with Jezebel and Ahab. You see the spirit, how it, it weaves itself through scripture. I, like, I did it in my eight-hour teaching. Can't do it right now. But, okay, so you have where, you know, then she sends in her daughter who's going to carry her same thing. Go get your, When you're offered up to half of the kingdom by King Herod, get John the Baptist's head. That's how Jezebel take, takes him out, right? Now, John the Baptist had no alignment, no alignment with this, right? He still lost his life to it. If we understood in the church, there are so many men who've been taken down by Jezebel and you're under it right now and you're still in that position. And it's gonna turn into such a torment for these guys, such a torment. Because it's not just because this fem it's a female that came in, it's gonna be have been a spirit that came in through different things, even your gifting came in and it's a Jezebel came in, you got some power from this gifting. Maybe you like the attention. Maybe you get fed. It came from a spirit of Jezebel. Seduced you. Seduced you. Guess what? Your hair just got cut off. You just lost all your strength. You just got beheaded. You have this. You have this happening for men. If men understood, men in the church understood, man, what is after them? Because what they're called to do. And what's well, now what the world's doing with this flip of transgenders. And maybe through skinny jeans. <laughs> Where the man is in the place that he's supposed to be and the female's in the place she's supposed to be. 
And it, it, it carries truth. And what you have is it two broken pieces, not aligned with God's spirit. And then this person's abusive over here, manipulating to get what they want over here because they, neither are in fullness. So here, what happens? What Jezebel gets in, it's going to get after that guy, a guy that is vulnerable. We got so many dang leaders vulnerable to that. And then you got so many stupid females that want their crap fed by that guy. Oh, will he look at me? I just happened to pucker my lips and just pucker. Oh, the filter. Yep. I'm so hot. Does he like my stuff? I mean, the demonic and this is ministry crap ministry stuff the seduction and these men get taken down by ooh, oh yeah like this is this feeds it feeds something and people have no idea that this is literally spirit of jezebel that has gone after the true the true the true gender role oh and tried to flip it take your skinny jeans off <laughs> i can't stop with the skinny jeans i don't know why i'm so sorry for certain guys that wear them and you look good in them i don't know who you are but yeah, i'm sure you Look good to your girl. Okay. So <laughs> it's just my personal opinion. I don't like skinny jeans. <laughs> so I'm nailing it a little bit hard today because it's a little bit of like, a, I don't know. Like we have this thing that's like, and that's nothing. We're both stupid Hollywood's putting guys in dresses, let alone stupid skinny jeans. I mean, come on. I can't even skinny jeans is like nothing. I mean, we're there. I mean, we're flipping all of it. It's so stupidly gross. And like, and you're looking like the, the, the church, if you had, if these, if, if this guy was, men were lying. So I'll tell us, men need to, men, men need to understand and just be aware to, they're not protecting themselves just because. Some of it might be, this is a crazy thing to say. This just came to me. Some of it might be that there isn't fullness in your marriage and you're lacking things. And maybe like men get, get abusive women. It's not just like men that abuse women. I mean, you get, because you're probably married to a stupid Jezebel as well, you know? Like you're like, and you get in these situations like, and this woman just doesn't like see what the man needs and what, you have to do with respect and honor and just like the the treatment is like so shifted and they're not getting it at home and this is where women need to like le learn i can't wait till i get to teach my my um my marital training just to tell women to learn what to do <laughs> to like really keep a fullness you got it like seriously there's females that you're so stuck on like whatever and how they hurt your heart over here because you've been abused here and they're not making you feel valued and and overriding where that pain and suffering from your past came get it from god and treat with a fullness and you will pull that out of your husband you will pull it out of him when you act in your fullness and that's where people you're so crippled over here you're not getting anything from god you want it all from the husband he cannot he cannot heal your hearts men cannot heal a female's heart so many women you are going to a man for for that like you just want to get healed. You've been so hurt and that attention makes you feel full. I'm sorry. Like I've got rejected and rejected and rejected to be accepted. That doesn't make sense. My heart is now accepted because I was rejected because only God can fill that part of the heart. A female needs to learn that. You can't get it from a man. So you're trying to get it. So then you twist something on him. You flip it on him. Then he, he doesn't know how to read. He doesn't know how can I fix this? I can't, I can't fix that enough. She's manipulating. She's doing all this. And then guess what? He gets it over there. I'm sorry. And I'm not trying to be like, oh, you're trying to give an excuse for my husband. I'm trying to teach you to get your fullness from God. You ain't going to get it from him. 
And then from the man who, who you know, you don't understand that, that that's seducing you and that's a temptation and that's pulling you in. Here's what Jezebel's doing to you, cutting off your balls. <laughs> oh my gosh, God has a funny, it's not all me. I know, yeah, it might be. Okay, sorry, it just comes out really fast and I'm like, oh God, I just pulled a really, it's like I go from yelling like under the anointing to crying and then saying some really bad, horrible joke and then it hits me funny. <laughs> And everybody gets stunned, like, and I flip them out of what I was just on. Yeah, well, the Holy Spirit does roller coasters with the mind, my teachings, and I see it. So get over that I said chop your balls off. So, <laughs> And that's, that's the agenda. That's the agenda that the woman will get sent in to, to take you down. Jezebel is, is especially, especially over leadership. So I'm going to tell straight I was doing a prayer line. And there was a guy there, and he had, um, he was a type of, of, of a pastor at a local church. And, and I had, you know, some knowing of, you know, affiliation and who's married to, and I don't want to go into too much to, but when I laid hands on him, Jezebel was all over him, all over the dude. And I knew he was having an affair on his wife. And I wasn't going to call it for what it is. I just knew that that's what he, he was with a female Jezebel behind his wife's back. And uh, the Spirit of God came on me and yelled things at him, yelled a warning. And it was very, I mean, I was like, oh, like that at him. And I was doing it right in his ear. But one thing I didn't want everybody to hear, but also there's music playing. But this was the warning to the guy that Jezebel is out to take down your call. And you're called, I knew he had a gift of deliverance. You're called to, um, you know, bring this new, lead these men out of this power of Jezebel in, that is in the men and in the leadership today. Pull them out of it. And uh, you're, and I saw him ahead of an army pulling these men and I said, Jezebel is, 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 is about, is here to take you out. You don't cut ties with, and this is me yelling. This is not Sarah soft. I was yelling. The voice of God was like on it. You don't cut ties with this. And he tried to, you know, deny, like he didn't deny. He goes, well, how do I get rid of it? He didn't, you know, he tried to act like I, I knew what, what it was and like the spirit of God. He, what are you going to try to trick the Holy Spirit right now? It, God, God's calling you out and he's warning you. He gave him a warning. He said, if you do not cut this, Jezebel is going to take out your calling and your future of what you're called to do for these men. Right. And then I called it to light. I'm going to find out next day it comes out who the, the female was, all this stuff. And it looked like, because he still attended, he came to, I was kind of tripped out that he still went prayer for me because I was like, you're kind of crazy because if you're still operating in something, I'm going to see it immediately. You're still coming back. And, you know, so there was probably a genuine pursuit to get free of it and cut and do it. Long story short, it ends up that he, his wife, had a, he got with the full blown with, and it, it lost his family. He's lost his call. He's, he's, I mean, I wouldn't. He, he is, he's lost his call in this moment. Jezebel has him. And uh, God, God gave him a word and he told him. Now, if we just want to talk the sovereignty, sovereignty of God. No, free will, friend. Free will. You got a choice. You're getting told this is what Jezebel is going to do to you. And uh, you fell for it. Partially because certain things you probably weren't getting from your own marriage. So just going to say that is if wives and women understood that you need to also cover your husband and be aware of Jezebel and be aware of those things that, that is out there. If women, I just treat, teach women how to understand what you can do on behalf of your husband and a man. Because men have different feelings, emotions, desires, and females. You know, we're not sensitive to that. And you're so stuck on what they accept you and love you and brought you flowers on Valentine's Day <laughs> and made you feel loved and approved and said your food was good when you cooked it. 
and you get out of what you're hurt by and like really break through that that pain came from maybe your dad rejecting you, came from something else that you're placing now in your husband that he can't fulfill, get full of God and bring truth, man. You will change your stupid marriage. You will change it. I mean, I could teach women who were like, seriously, you may have like a really, and, and now this is for certain situations. I am not saying real bad ones. I'm not saying where this guy is a big creep and just a, just doing crazy crap. Dude, that is different. That is different. You need to run. Like that's totally, I am not giving that for all of these, but people need to understand with the spirit of Jezebel, women need to understand it on their husbands. They need to cover, they need to watch, they need to, you know, know this stuff, but men need to know what's targeting them and, and understand that like these things that feed your flesh, if you could be strong enough, strong enough that you are taken in by that, you can will your mind because your pursuit is for God, not for a female squeezing your pecs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, like not for a female, like shaking herself and just giving you attention that feeds yourself. I remember, you know, trying to desperately deliver the douchebag that was helping me, of <laughs> being a womanizer, and, and, and to not be fed by females. And he would tell me that when a woman looks at him, because he was attractive, it gave him a hit. He called it as a hit, gave him a high. By, and well, he loved skinny jeans, and he did love tight shirts and shows off his body. Why? You're, you're a male Jezebel. You're a male Jezebel. That's what you are, and you attract Jezebel females. So that male, that you do things to pull, to seduce, even if it's in your freaking teaching, your gifts, what you do to pull and seduce, you are operating in a spirit that gives you and feeds you. And then, the, and you want to say that you can go out there and be in pure heart alignment with God. You are doing things to get this attention that feeds your heart and soul, that gives you like this thing inside of you. You are doing the same thing that a female does in scripture that takes down all the men, takes down all these men. That's the craziest thing. You will see the men are taken down in scripture. You don't see the females being the ones that get whacked up because the females have a certain power over men. If, if we, and women know this. Females know this. They, they have, and these are these females able to do this because they know by a look, by a, by a thing, by, by the way that they could just put a selfie out, you just seduce somebody who's watching your social media. You seduce their heart to envision you a certain way, and you are now accountable for what you just released on that man. You are now accountable. You are now accountable. Now the man is accountable for not having a sanctified mind to be able to control those thoughts because they can. Yeah, <laughs> they can. You can have power over that. I haven't like, I haven't had a boyfriend in how long? Cause I got a mind that can control things. I don't get led by stuff like that. Like this so easily, like let your guess be yes, your no be no. Like let your decision be a choice to God. I get so like the whole wave, like people that fly in the fly in the wind and the emotions and, and the sensuality and the seduction and what makes you feel good. And mm, this leads me and this feeds me over here. This feeds me over here. I mean, it's so dang evil. It's so dang evil that your emotions are so easily seduced that you cannot find, you can't find God when you're that gross. Like you can't. And I tried so hard to get this guy, God, this guy delivered from being a womanizer. He just couldn't seem to put the lust away. 
everything would i mean it would it, it was boxed in even with church like with christians with like christian girls and christians this and a christian that and all he did was take jezebel and put like a bible in front of her face you know and twist it because the church has now used this seduction we're using it in leadership we're using it through gifts we're using it through this and the people in the world are being taught this because you have put your face on everything and call it your ministry yeah, I may say, I call, I say my ministry. I don't call Sarah Brink ministries, okay? The only people, I, I, I say Joyce Meyer is allowed to do that. <laughs> I love Joyce Meyer, and she's older. She's been through the fire, and and I just 100%, there's such a purity in her. So I ain't saying anybody who calls their ministry. I just say rethink it. Rethink. Why does your name, why does your face need to be on everything? And I'm not saying this about her because there's certain people that I just know, like, are so pure and stuff that I'm just like, I don't, it's just not, it's not a formula, all this stuff that I'm saying. I'm saying rethink the people who think it's always going to be the norm and is the norm. How about the new people? Don't do that. Don't do it. Don't call something your name. Don't put your face on everything. Don't, like, think that this is all, because all you're doing is playing into what the world already has done. And now you're putting it in leadership and you're putting it in this idea of ministry. And we have such a Jezebel's ministries everywhere. And when I yelled in the last one that the church is reaping what they've sown, let me tell you that that flew out of my mouth. So that was not me. I actually never thought that before. Um, God says that. God says that. Um, Holy Spirit's on that one. And some people... You, I, I got you, you so knotted up because probably because you're a wolf or you're operating in this and you're so mad I'm calling you out because you can't get your crap fed when all this stuff gets exposed because you won't get to feed all your little Jezebel parts of you in which you're operating in because you like it about you. You don't want it to just be all about God. You want it people to show up to something for you. You like that. That gives you so much power. And then what happened is all of a sudden what you're doing has gotten so demonizing. Your eyes have glazed over and I can see it all over your face what you're operating in because it is about you. And these things, you've been seduced, you've been seduced. And the same thing that I'm, I'm talking about, so just some dude in the church has gotten seduced by Jezebel and walking in this thing. This is now just transferred and translated into the leadership in the ministries. And that's all it's done. It's just changed its face. The spirit can change its face. That's why it can operate on a man. It changes its face. Its goal is always going to lead you to them, lead you to the power of the witchcraft, and remove you from God. Cut off your head. Take off your strength. Take away what you could have walked in. Steal that guy's calling that he could have had. That there was some responsibility within the marriage that just wasn't there. That could have probably helped in a, in a fullness. And, and it's a tragedy. And it's a tragedy. And these are the things that need to be taught and covered for these marriages like that are that are susceptible that these leaderships has that the that these ministries have these access points that i could like look at and if, if somebody let me come in and be like okay like i'm struggling with with this over here this over there let me like show you and pray and you have to have a soft heart because so many wolves are not gonna receive this stuff they're not going to receive it because they don't want to lose it. But true hearts, pure hearts want the fullness of God and to get this crap out of their ministry and really want God's hand. You want to see revival? Remove yourself. You want to see a revival that doesn't get demonized? Remove yourself. All the revivals have gotten demonized and got flipped. Remove yourself because that's why things are getting demonized. That's why this, this, these gifts are getting demonized. When people actually change this, 
when they flip this and they actually looked at something, you want to truly get help towards this stuff. Like you want to understand how is this getting in? What can I do for my, what can I do for this ministry? What can I, who, what leadership is actually a Jezebel that's been sent in to actually take some weird control? Let's just talk about the mega churches and why somebody say, how did that structure Jezebel? Let me explain something about like a mega church that has a board that makes the business choices. Let me tell you something about some of those people on that board. Do you think they're all on that board carrying the fullness of Christ or a lot of them on there because they got money? Now, there's some people that have money and they're purity. Whoa! And they're allowed to be in those positions because God has anointed that impurity. And you got other people, they've used their, their money as their power. Now, I remember this, this man who I got asked to go pray for his daughter. And it was part of a church. The, the pastors of a church asked me to meet and go pray for the daughter. So when I, he's a wealthy dude, older guy. And he gives me a thousand dollars and I don't charge for what I do. He gives me a thousand bucks for it. So for this, this one prayer. And, um, then he is part of the church that I was going to. And he all of a sudden starts to get creepy on me and weird, which is not a, this crap happens to me all the time. It's stupid demons. And, and I see, I saw it. And, uh, and I just, you know, totally, I had been nice to him at first until I saw what he started doing. And I could tell that he was used to his power, his money. His authority gave him a power at the church that he was at. And uh, he was so stupid demonic. Like, he was so crazy demonic because he had so much money. They gave him this, this, I pulled him on, they pulled him up laying hands on people. And I was blown away. What? You are doing that because of money? Like, that's crazy. You, this guy is like so demonic. So he starts thinking that because he gave me so much money that I owed him like for certain, he just did such weird stuff. I was like, oh God, you are barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> oh, that does nothing. You cannot get any. That does nothing for me. Oh, sir, I don't give a crap about your thousand dollars. I won't, you know, there is nothing that he could have played into to where it attached me to him. And this is the problem with ministries. They're struggling. They attach to things for money because of what it's going to do because they're in fear of things. And then they, oh, it's witchcraft. Because the person who did it, it's the spirit of witchcraft comes through it to gain a power over your ministry. It's a power that comes through that spirit when it does it. So it was trying, and I saw it, I saw it do it with the, him through the church. And I saw how he tried to, you know, get weird and do, do, you know, whatever with, with his money toward, like I would give a crap about that or anything like that. But people would give a crap. Oh, I could maybe if I get to get another prayer appointment, maybe if I go pray, can I get another? Like, yeah, that's what they, oh, I'm such a struggling little minister and stuff. You're living out of that. You're living out of that. And so what you're doing is aligning with things that are all of a sudden going to gain power. So you go put somebody on your board just because of that. Guess what? You are now allowing a weaving in of Jezebel's power. It's going to come in. It's going to slowly come in and it's going to shift, shift what is behind where the spirit of God would have moved in purity if the leadership was in purity. And the problem is, is the leadership has structured this idea of the board of money, of these things, of these numbers. That, that is why. That's why it's a Jezebel structure where people don't understand this. That is why your church is structured under this. This is why these churches will not see the fullness of revival. And if revival hits, I promise you it's demonized. I promise you. Because your access point. Because your head is jizzy. No, <laughs> Jezebel, that's your head. That is your head. And you like to think it's not because you teach so well, or maybe you saw the gift of prophecy, or maybe you saw this over here. But let me tell you, if we go over here and God says, I want you to remove the board, 
I want you to remove anybody as your big donors out of here. I want you to take no money from this person. I want you to do this. I want you to lose your building. I want you to go meet on the grass. Can you do it? Seriously, what if that's what God said to purify? What leaders could hear God to that clarity? They can't right now because they're structured under this. The decisions are being made under this. These choices. And when this comes out to the level of what this is, man, I could get so many freaking leaders under these things losing their crap because I'm calling it out. And it's true. And people are hearing this who said, I never thought of that. Think about it a little bit longer. Those who are getting knotted up because I'm calling you for what you are and what you're under, you think I don't know. Oh, promise me. I know. I know what you're under. I know what you're under. And you are aligned. You are aligned. And until you, and there's people who, it's pure ignorance because it's been trained. Those are the people that God's after. The, the ones that it's been trained and this is how you've been taught. So you just didn't know. You just didn't know. And that's the one God is going to bring you revelation. He is going to bring you freedom and truth. And he's going to bring you out of this by his hand. He's going to do it. And the ones who love the power, they love the structure. They love the numbers. They love them. Those are the wolves. Those are the wolves. Those are the wolves. Those are the things that this is going to flip into torment on them. Things aren't going to work the same in this next era. Oh, oh I'm so hot. Can you turn on the this? Sorry, I'm sweating. Thanks. Ah! <laughs> Our appointment, all of this together would be what? Three, four and a half. Like this is five hours of like nailing whatever this is in the spirit. And I don't even think it's done. Like there's so much. Because I didn't even touch the doctrine of Balaam, which is what I thought I was going to do. So that means there's another one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we're coming to an end. Okay, one thing for the, for the people who've been following all three of these, which there might only be one person, but I don't know, <laughs> following all three of my podcasts. <laughs> Wait, no, there's more than that. There's been a few people I've at least heard from. Okay, so um, the journey of the healing, because I haven't told people, people just knew I was super sick or they didn't, um, they just knew I went MIA. I blocked a lot of people. <laughs> Sorry if I blocked you. Not sorry. <laughs> You're still going to stay blocked. I blocked a lot of people on my cell phone because people who wouldn't respect when I said I'm not doing well and they still wanted, you know, whatever. Um, they got blocked this last year because of how sick and stuff that I, that I was. And, and I shared and I, I, you know, I introduced it in the first, I was sharing that the, 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 this and this is to, to touch people who who have been so bound by pain or, or things in their life that they haven't gotten healing from God from and they formulated how they how they would get healing and you know what this is like a tidbit when I demolish this theology it will be a curriculum and probably a book in a class in my Bible school <laughs> and it's coming and I'm only giving little tidbits for people who because when it comes into the full and it's there whoa it's there yeah I feel it whoa I feel it on March whoa. I feel like ending now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, you feel right. Yeah, it's coming in March. Like I'm coming, I'm coming to the to the end of it. It's gonna be a full year, March seventeenth, from when this, from when this came. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, for the people who are hearing the dirty, though, I didn't. I just said I started with the what it, what it began as. Now I said my healing manifest. Well, I took a huge flip. This. I'm going to tell my dream. Everybody thinks I'm, my dad called me Joseph the other day <laughs> about some of the dreams, some of the dreams I have. I'm a, 
like I said, I'm not psychotic about Drews, but God has really used them this last year for very specific things, but also because of pain and suffering. And I was so in so much sickness and in pain that when you're asleep, there's something about your subconscious that it shuts down. It makes you more able to hear. I hear a lot more stuff like when I'm wo being woken up from sleep, stuff like that. And I, you know, I hear God pretty clear, like kind of all the time, but there's certain things that are, are things that would be maybe harder to receive when I fully in Sarah, right? That doesn't make sense. And I've gotten so used to teaching like the voice of God and like how it's so hidden and mysterious and don't be reasonable with it. This is where you get into witchcraft. Don't get so stuck on hearing certain things. And because I had such a hard journey on it, it's different from others. And, and I've never fully shared like a detail what happened to me with it, but I've just had a rough journey with those things. And so I really came to be like, you know, hard about it, sometimes mean. <laughs> when somebody says, God said this, oh yeah, right. I'm like, that's not what you think it is. He talks in like riddles and you know, whatever. And so the dreams that I've had, you know, I never had where they were always very symbolic and they would be to something to lead into. I mean, I expected to, you know, have certain things have happened years ago. I mean, there were things that he would give a word and then see it the next year and, you know, and, 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 and to stand in something and faith and learning what it is to draw. And so God did something kind of special with a dream recently because I never get this where he says something in detail and it happens instantly to really strong like this. And so I had a dream. So if people hearing this, what would happen through God healing and removing this stuff out of my body was that I would come under like a bout of illness and it would be infectious feeling like in my gut and I mean there's so much that it did to me physically and it didn't make sense but all made sense was the word of God stand on the word of God people who need to hear it, stand on the word if God told you something even if the opposite of happening even if you don't understand why you're standing even if it looks so like so against everything like stand 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 that's all I can say like stand and believe and if you feel it down don't blaspheme him don't walk away from him don't like if you've been standing for your child to like come to know him and it's been 20 years and you've got like you can't let me tell you like yeah you, you get I know it's hard to you can't pray anymore you can't confess anymore you you're so done I told understand that but just don't blaspheme him because he is faithful he is faithful. That's the only thing I say. I understand not being able to do these acts of faith because at some point it's because of a repetitive idea that you're manipulating God and you're going to get him to move quicker and it's demonic. Don't keep sending out your prayer chains of praying for something of 20 people. Okay. Like just stand and believe that he's faithful. That is a bigger act of faith than you getting 20 people to pray for you. That is a bigger act of faith than you confessing. You just saying he's faithful, not blaspheming him. That's all I could do. That's all I could do. I mean, there are days of anger, crying, especially like what was happening to me with all my, like there aren't words. There aren't words if people understood what I went through in trying to believe that this was healing. Okay. And what would happen when a bout would come on me, and it starts as this gross, horrible, it just, I couldn't do, I mean, it's just what it did. I would be, I couldn't, I was better at it when it would hit. Well, I was coming out of it and then, and I was doing better and then I'd, I'd, I'd get breaks. They would last from three to seven weeks when they hit. So if anybody, you're, you're like better at in for three to seven weeks that sick. People want to complain about a five day like thing. Like imagine just that. That's what you are looking at with people with, with, cancer that we can't understand that pain and suffering like people who are healthy like I don't wish that on you at all but just understand you can't understand people's pain that like live in in chronic illness and cancer we can't understand what they go through it's just beyond our, our mind you know and so yeah three to three to seven weeks and then I'd get maybe a two-week break and the break was still 
I was still like just I was uh, livable like I could get out I could work out I could do little workouts and do stuff like that so I started to come out and, I, and all this stuff's releasing God's giving me all these things and stuff is releasing on you know the ministry just things God's obviously something's about to flip I could feel it it's seeing and then what was it the 20th the night of the 20th I think um, it comes on me in the middle of the night and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know if I can do, how am I going to do this again? Like, and hope this is going to be a year. Like I'm going to go back into one. And if I go back into it, it means three to seven weeks. Like I knew what it was going to be. And it starts in my gut and it was like in the middle of the night, I have to go, I had to put ice on. So I go grab the ice and I'm like, okay, so I have to put it on. I have to prop myself up and like, I'm like, here we go. It's about to start. And because uh, this is how it would come on. And then I pass out sitting up and I fall into a dream. And in the dream, I'm in a room with two men and a guy. And I'm telling the guy, like, I'm sick. And he goes, he goes, don't make plans for the next two days. Uh, because God's about to do something really powerful to your body. Whoa, whoa. And in the dream, I fall to the ground barfing and nauseated. And I crawl to a toilet and I wake up out of the dream because I'm gagging in my sleep. Okay, so that wakes me up. And I'm like, okay, so here's how I interpreted that. I was like, okay, God's giving me a very, because usually it's symbolism, how he talks to me. I was like, it's giving me a very detailed, because it's going to be a lot longer, like not two days. He never tells me, so why would he tell me it's two days if it's really two days? What's the point? I don't need faith for two days, right? So I totally just, tra I mean, you guys heard me say it. I got so mad if one of you guys were going to try to tell me it really is two days. I tried to shut it down before Jamie could do it because she, she would be the first one to try to say, yeah, two days. Oh, I'm so excited. Because I was like, it's not two days. This is symbolism so I can prepare for what's because I became extremely ill that next morning. It was all my symptoms, but then severe, really bad nausea, like on top of everything. So it was just, it was awful. And then it goes into the, you know, that I'm really bad the next day and I'm preparing for the three. And then all of a sudden, here we go. He actually gave me a literal dream. It literally then flips. Whoa. It flips. Oh, whew. it flips on the third day. And I have now Seeing my hormones perfected, which I know God told me I had a generational thing from my mom. For people who don't know all, all that, my mom did commit suicide and was diagnosed schizophrenic and stuff. But one of the things that was found were her hormones were super off um, by, a, by a gynecologist before she committed suicide. And they did the test on her. And, and for people, like I've talked about that she had demons and all that stuff. Demons can also manifest that, okay? manifest hormones, manifest these issues, all that stuff. So all of this to me is demonic, no matter what it is. It's in the mind, it's in the hormones, all that stuff. And the gynecologist get, has the report showing that her hormones were super awful. He was on vacation when the reports came and she had disappeared on his vacation. So when he comes home, comes back on his desk, he sees the reports, he's like, oh my gosh, this looks like she is a tumor in her pituitary. Like there could have been an answer. This is why it's like a movie, some of this stuff in my life, because if he hadn't been on vacation, we could have like possibly saved her from disappearing. And she disappeared and he, he calls my dad like, oh, there's something off in her hormones. Like we gotta get her in. Looks like there's some on the pituitary. My dad's like, she's actually missing. Like we can't find her. And that's when she commits suicide. Well, years later, something happens to me and I have to go to an endocrinologist, which is when I was like 18 and 19 maybe. And something was super off with my hormones and they wanted immediate, is it a CAT scan or MRI for a brain tumor, you know? It was one of those. Yeah, either. It was one of one of those. I've had multiples of all of those, and they they were like, because they thought I had a tumor on my pituitary. Like I had the exact same thing that my mom had. I didn't ever have the that, but 
obviously something was has been off and I know and I never treat it because stuff that for me has been so doctors science could never help me never they never have and I've just thrown that to the curb and just had to trust God and for people out there who literally you cannot get an answer things will not fix for you you cannot get healing you've shown up to this like my dad took my sister to Mario Merlo Benny Hinn like trying to desperately get it let me tell you it is God and God only it is God and God only and he can do this for you and he can do it and it could not make sense but I just want to tell you just don't blaspheme him and don't get stuck that you can fix it by what you say and confess all the time just just be in a pure heart before him that's all I would say just love him just love him in the pain even like people would like oh are you confessing every morning I had someone ask me that I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna poke you in the eyeballs I'm gonna poke you in the eyeballs I don't know what to do right now my fingers are coming out and I'm gonna poke you in the eyeballs well, you better stop talking like I'll stare at you really crazy if somebody says crap to me like that I have to like calm myself before I like go off well you want to tell me 20 years of what I've walked in and seen through my family you want to ask me if I'm confessing healing every night shut up like okay I was taught that I tried to do those things through formula something nothing ever you know what I ended up uh, tapping into I would say every day God thank you that your grace is sufficient that's what I would do I had days a year we're three weeks out of a month I had a migraine. I was doing hair in ministry. People would have no idea. My eyes were bloodshot. I had so much pain in my head. And, and this was just one, this was one of the things I would go through. Nobody had any idea. You know what I would say every day? Thank you, God, your grace is sufficient. I would drive like, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Because it wasn't about my action. It was just about me, like, just believing, like, that he's so good. Like, if people could just see him so good and, like, the suffering, it would, like, change your life. And I'll change your life. He's so faithful to his word. If people understood how faithful he is, he doesn't fail. He doesn't fail. People think that he failed them. He hasn't failed you. He never failed me. He never failed me. I was sick as hell doing what I've done. And he never failed me. He's given me a promise that is so mind-blowing and there's so much pain in it. And he's perfected my flipping body. And like, so now I come out, flip on that day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a tweaker. I'm like, okay, I used to do speed and I know what it is to have energy. I'm like, is this what healthy people feel like? Oh my God, I'm going to destroy the devil. There's going to be 20 curriculums that are about to come. I worked out like twice in the morning. I was at a spin class. And I was like, oh God, would you? I told him when I text you that I was vacuuming corners at 10 p.m. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what is happening to you. I'm like, I've never felt this in my life. I'm like, I feel so good. Like I, my dad like, was over and we went to lunch. He's like, I got it. I don't know when the last time I've seen you like that. I was like, yeah, because it was probably when I was on speed. Like, <laughs> that was the last time. And it's not a tweakerish. It's like, I'm like, is this how people feel healthy? And you said, without demons. Like, that it, I'm like, and I just never knew that this is what, and I'm like, and I know it's more increased for me because things are super perfected that he did. But I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, it was keeping, it's been, it was keeping me up all night until like 3 a.m. because I'm like, whoa, something is like flipping. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Like, I'm going to prove I'm so crazy in the healing. Like, just wait till this happens. I'm like, good Lord, he's giving me, like, I'm so weirded out by it. I feel like a different person. And I'm like, this is just the beginning. Like, my mood is different. I'm like, oh my gosh, I still have road rage. That, unfortunately, hasn't changed. I was, like, thinking a lot of, like, my aggression, like, my annoyances with people. That's that's changed, but not the road rage, but the annoyance, the annoyance has changed. I noticed it. 
I'm like, oh my gosh, I smiled at you. Like, I just tried to talk to you. I tried to talk to the girl in the spin class, and I smiled and chit-chatted. And I was like, and it was just random. I know. <laughs> I did. I, I injected into a conversation of girls behind me. Yeah, everybody's, whoa. <laughs> I turned around and like was like, said something. I'm like, yeah, yeah, like it's so not my personality. <laughs> I'm like, and I think God's like telling me I'm actually, I'm actually extroverted and, <laughs> and <laughs> and I think I just like, I've been introverted because I've been so sick and angry. Like, and I'm like, I didn't know it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Like I'm so tripped out by all this it's so weird and I'm like wow god you like even gave me a full ministry like this like even when I was like mean like it's so amazing I think it's like I still I have such a you know heart and compassion like for people I still want to help them I know I come across angry I'm really not I'm only angry like wolves I just sound angry well sometimes I'm angry but like for the most part like I'm pretty like for people that I like really like I'm going to be kind and loving to you but other people you know I get more angry and mad and I think that's going to get better with me <laughs> like because I'm less like like Jesus like had to heal you know people with chronic pain that are like old people that are angry there's a reason for that there's a reason when you are suffering all the time there's a reason you have low tolerance your hormones can give it to you I know I, I know God that a lot of my impatience well part of it's my personality but some of it's probably was probably that you know my like just certain things that would just like and it's I wasn't like abusive I just might be real quick to to something, you know, and how I might respond, like just get annoyed or I'm, you know, for sure. And I was extremely introverted, like my whole life, most of my, and I think that I was actually an extroverted probably kid. And I think that now that like my, my body's being like perfected, I'm like, Oh, I want to talk on the phone. I feel like calling someone and I haven't called people to chat on the phone in probably, uh, to just chat four years. I stopped doing that about four years ago because of the stuff I came under and people can call me and I'll pick up the, and, but I went through a period where I wouldn't answer for like, I became so just like, there's so much stuff. There's just, it's hard to just, Hey, like I, I know how to minister. I can do this under that. Like I can do that, but there's just your own personal life when you're like struggling for like so long. And so people who are do that, like I have so much compassion for you and I just want to speak to you that some of that stuff isn't just you. It's not just a demon. It's not just that there's things in your life and God so is aware of that. And he's and he, he, he will actually like, like give you grace because of it. He'll give you grace in some ways that someone else might not have grace because their heart is, is dirty. And you can't have grace because you're, there's things in your life that are just pain and suffering and you're not a narcissist. If you're a narcissist, then shut your face. That's my opinion. And, uh, and it's not that, you know, a narcissist can go through stuff and you're just more annoying about it. That's your problem. Because anybody that goes through things, you're allowed to have emotions and feel things and be in suffering and, and struggle. But j just make sure that, that your heart intention towards God stays pure. Just that. That's all I want to tell you. Your heart intention. Get away from you needing to minister to prove who you are towards God. But d pay attention to his heart. Don't, don't try to prove it. Don't try to prove it that you're going to. Because here's the thing. God just told me you say no to everybody, everything. And he started that before this started. It got worse through this thing. Oh, heck no. He is not okay with me doing anything right now. Not even being in those settings. Nothing until he perfects everything. And to see it actually flip and be like, oh my gosh. Like, what? This is like a, whoa, who is this? And it's like so, it's like amazing. Like I want to talk to people. 
I want to talk on the phone. Like I got things to do. I was color coordinating in my closet at what time? Nine o'clock last night. Like I'm like doing all these things and I'm like, okay, this is crazy. If this is what I am like, this is beyond me. What God can do to a body. No one prayed for me. All I did was submit in my suffering. All I did, I didn't need to confess. I didn't need to pray enough. I didn't need to read scripture enough. I could say that I grabbed hold of the grace that was available to me and I took hold of it and uh, and uh, I grew in my endurance. I grew in my endurance and people just need to grow in their endurance for things. Like learn how to suffer and not translate God to be someone in your suffering, but learn that you're gonna get so much stronger when you walk through that and you take that into the next thing and then you just carry that. Cause guess what? I now have a crazy high, even higher, level of endurance than I had before. And um, there's just something like, oh, when he perfects something that that prophetic healing person can't release to you in perfection, because some of that stuff's so demonized. And what it does, demons communicate. And like I said before, when I talked about how the, the Jewish high priest would tap into a stronger spirit to cast it off that one. This is what we have in the demonic gifts. Whoa, 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 this is revelation in the moment, people. Whoa, that's what it is. <sighs> that's why you're seeing certain healings. Now, this is the same thing that you're going to have in Reiki and muscle testing. It's a spiritual communication. Now, I had a full-blown woman who was in a cult. Like, uh, my... It, it might have been Universal Mindset, which is crazy. That's what my mom was a part of. Six months before she met my dad, my, my mom was a part of this. And so I had a client who was in the, it was one in Long Beach. And oh, oh she was, oh, she she looked a little bit like a demon. Like she, yeah, she just looked like a witch, okay? But I like, I mean, I liked her, she's fine. She's a client of mine and I don't care. I can totally be, talk and be, like, I'm not run from people like that. Like I got the head of that stuff. So I don't, I'm like, I'm cool, I'm doing her hair. And she asked me like, what I told her about my non, Prophet and the deliverance I had and she was a spiritual awakening teacher. Okay, and she's a part of this and I tell her how I've been delivered of all this stuff She goes I have too. <laughs> I Was like you have tell me about it. I wanted to understand how demons deliver demons, you know I knew she didn't have a real deliverance. I was interested in it and she did she had a healing of like arthritis or something through her spiritual stuff, and that's what that is. So you have a demon able to do these things, and it looks and appears a certain way, and what the demon then does gets power. Because what it happened, if she was to become saved, all that sickness would come back on her. And I've actually seen this before. I've actually seen this happen to people. They got a certain healing in New Age, and because they pressed in things of God, the stuff comes back on them. And because the demons were communicating with demons. So what you have now, you have these people with these certain gifts that are able to, what it looks like displayed as healing, and it's not a perfected healing. Oh, and that's why some of these people haven't seen where there could be pain in the healing. Because they're, because when God does something with perfection and the body is actually growing and doing things new on the inside. And there's some people who may have experienced this personally with God in um, a healing of a trauma that has then come into their body. And then as God removes it, he does something. And there wasn't necessarily pain to, to heal it because it wasn't as infected as mine. I'm referring to someone in this room, people who are listening to this who had a healing that came from a trauma then it turns now mine was more painful because mine was infection and that infected stuff now when you have where we're where i believe the perfected healing ministry that's the true spirit of god when people walk in that people walk in that it's going to look different than these little demonic things going on right now that are manifesting that are giving that evangelist power 
power by lining up all the people want to hear the testimonies of how their eye opened. How their eye opened. Oh! Oh! Whoa! Yeah! And, <laughs> whoa! And if this spirit's going to go full circle, which is going to release torment, it means that these healing things that are happening is going to release torment when they release healing. Whoa! This is fresh revelation, people! <laughs> Yeah, this is calling out some stuff that's going to go down. People need to start writing a, like, like writing when I'm calling out. Let's start like, you do it. <laughs> the specifics that are coming out in the spirit of what this is going to look like. I want to, because when we have the, this is what this is going to appear like. Because this is where, and I always said I cannot teach on healing. I don't have a big revelation of it. I won't teach on anything. So God was like, oh, I'm about to give you a revelation. And unfortunately, I prayed for that. But it's a painful prayer. It's a painful prayer to pray things like that. But man, when you get the perfection of it, oh goodness, I can't wait to like help. Him. Like the, um, I believe God's gonna allow me to impart this to people. Actually, I know I'm weird about impart impartation. <laughs> oh, but there's certain things that I believe the spirit of God is is on impurity. That certain people aren't gonna have to walk in the pain I had to walk in. Because if everyone had to walk in this, the church would be demolished because nobody could stand under what I have done. So. And he, you know, he, he, he calls this for certain people who, who, who've been chosen for it. I was called to, 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 to walk out this, this thing. I was given the strength by God. God has created me this way that I could do it. I don't believe this for everybody. I don't think they could. I think it's too hard. And so I was called this is specific though. I believe I would be able to impart certain things to people who have a heart of purity will then be able to see this because what we need to see in the, in the healing, healing, we got to remove the dang formula. God is not formulated. And when you formulate something, you are in a spirit of witchcraft immediately. When you formulate it, we cannot formulate it. We cannot. And until the formulation is, is taken away from this, taken away from this, then what is going to happen is when you formulate, you're going to release something where a demon communicates with the demon and brings the healing that appears to be something because it fed you fed you and empowered you and empowered you and empowered you and it brought that person back to you wanting more wanting more and that's where you got this witchcraft you got these demons they're coming in they're coming in in seduction they're taking these people i'm gonna return return to this person just imagine the letdown of my sister going and i know and i remember that story that benny hen called out cancer that night my dad said that paramedics were bringing people in in stretchers and i remember my sister coming home and saying a heat went through her body like she felt the heat go through her body she thought she got healed so many of these people, you're giving false hope because you're actually releasing demons, falsely manifesting, and they're desperate, and you're misleading, you're misleading, and he's taking these people for himself. And this needs to be purified, this ministry. This healing ministry needs to get purified. This has to be done in truth. I'm so tired of these, these guys. I mean, I can look at you and, and know what you're operating, and there's so many of them right now. And I'm like, and they're just making this big display of they're just called for that into a church we're going to call this healing person into the church just him because he he healed flocks of people come oh you think you're jesus <laughs> oh you you think you're jesus you're okay with that that you were put out told that you were the one releasing this and flocks are coming oh my god if someone did that to me I just can't even wrap my head around it. Now, it's not that I'm not open. If God wanted to bring people like that, where I was releasing, and if he, I just promise you, I will make sure it's all about him. It's all about him. And if you ever put my face on it, you need to be against this. These leaders need to be against this. They've got to stop. They have to stop bringing them to themselves. You are not special. 
you're a demon with a face of a human on it. <gasps> oh! 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 And this is God's hand on this. Whoa! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> understood this was the healing ministry until right tonight I knew stuff was demonized I knew it in the spirit and I could see it I didn't have it to this level what just came out right now whoa, whoa. he's like releasing things so like super like whoo like stuff that I'm like holy crap I could see it makes sense to me I get it scripturally I understand what this is spiritually but man this is at a level where it's like whoa that's crazy because there are people that I just had no, I would not have. And he's calling it out. He's calling it out for those. They need to remove their face off of this. They have to. And they have to stop thinking, oh, demonic words of knowledge. Oh. Is it, oh, oh. Some of those demonic words of knowledge is the witchcraft of the demon communicating with the demon. And it's the same idea of raking these things and it's communicating and it's getting that person healed. Oh. Here's what I want to say to this. Because this is coming right out, like right now in Spirit. I am not saying this is 100% all of them, okay? So people need to hear this correctly. It's not all of them. It's a big majority of them and they're going to look a different way and I'll be able to, I can nail them. I could say it's this, this, this. You have other ones that are impurity and their impurity and what they're doing they're hearing God. Um, they're just not in the fullness of what the healing could be because it could look more different. So they're walking in what the spirit of God and healing, the perfection of healing doesn't need a teaching to keep your healing. <laughs> oh God, this is so good right now. It's tripping me out. Because here's here's the thing, it's like God's like you. What you're getting is so perfected in your body, you will never lose it. This is why there's been so much pain on it. I'm getting new body. I don't gotta get scared of a demon taking it or my mind not being aligned with my healing. Oh. <laughs> writing me a book where you need your computer next time you need to start writing my book out like whatever I'm saying it needs to be in a book that's what I need someone just to listen to me I don't want to write it someone just listen to me talk <laughs> this is crazy oh this is so good and it's gonna mess up so many people <laughs> it's gonna mess so many people up because you've been bound bound that you could heal yourself and it's your fault yeah that it's your fault and then you're not doing the right things. And so you better go to the healing school and learn how to do them right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. And if you do lose it, then you got to go find the guy who's known. Who's known. Who's known for that. God. Oh, find him. <laughs> Find him. Find him. Oh, 
wait to like bring those people who have been misled by some of this stuff that this was some of it is fully demonic you are full-blown demonic what you're operating in some is because you're operating in partial truth that's it partial revelation that's it that's it it has purity on it and um there's grace on that man full 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 grace because to get this type of revelation is such a pain and suffering to get it and i just don't know how many people can go there to comprehend this and so i just think that there's such a a grace grace on it and so i i want i think god is going to use this to to teach people that they don't have to experience it but just the grace of god that it's just about his face and stop going to a demon's face a demon's face that can manifest something because it makes your soul feel better and instead go through the suffering and get his power on it get his power on the other end of it and just walk in it I got to a place where I was so tired of people wanting to pray for me. Oh my gosh, it got so in, like it got so annoying when someone would hear I had a neck issue. Here we go again. This is a new person, new person in the Sarah's life. <laughs> oh, I want to pray for your neck. Okay. It got so just annoying. Okay, I would honor them. Like, okay, here, put your hand on my neck. Okay, pray. Okay, yeah. Mm hmm. I receive. Yep. Mm hmm. Oh, I, yep. Okay. And then, and then I had someone tell me, okay, just keep confessing received it okay I'll keep confessing I'll keep confessing I received it. just for people who just you know what I'm talking about you've been bound by it you've been told that that's how you're gonna get it you need to get it through prayer you need to get it from that person you're not believing enough you need to confess longer and I want to just speak grace over you and I want to just tell you just get your heart soft towards God in it and that he's not doing this to you he's not using this to hurt you display you you're not different and that his fullness comes from him not from people they just display parts of it they just display parts but that's it and for these stupid people these stupid stupid leaders who think you display fullness of him get over yourself in your stupid demon on your face that's <laughs> sitting there thinking that it's you that's doing this i mean good god if God ever uses me to do healing over a room or just bring freedom, I think I will be so just blown away because of what I've endured just to get to see. And the way he'll probably do it is no words from my mouth except to, to teach grace and then let him move in the room. Not from my hand touching you, not from that, because we have to remove people and we have to see this the, the sovereignty of him and, and who he is. And he's coming in and he's going to flip things so dang hard on these people that you may get mad at me. God's going to smack you if you ever try to. <laughs> oh! the hands of man oh it's gonna remove the hands of man it is 
It will remove the idea that this person has to be the one to touch the person to get it. It's going to remove that. And you'll, you'll see that, you know, in certain ministries where they'll, they'll call something out and it happens in the moment. And, you know, and I believe God has, there, he is on a lot of that stuff. He really is. He really is. I'm like so not against, I don't, I'm not saying all of it is. I just think there's, a, there's like we know in part, like that scripture I just read, there's, there's things we just know in part. And there's a, there's a fullness that only he can carry, not the person. And so it's not that I carry like just, <laughs> Oh God, he just does this to me sometimes. I can't say. Okay, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, it's just the way he's gonna ship things. He's just gonna do things in a in a in a different way for what this is gonna this is gonna look like. So I'm gonna end it. I'm gonna end it. I'm gonna be done with just that that I needed to share this like completion. That's yeah. That I'm at the that I'm at the end of that, that's happening. That's going. And we're like finally flipping finishing to where I'm in the full like flip of it and I and then I feel it for yeah Ugh, it's next it's coming next month Ugh. and I can finally like say it like for this whole year I kept going with the dreams it's next month it's next month and I want to say something about the voice of God to people there's things that people have thought that God lied to them or it wasn't him that he actually said to you that carried a mystery for your faith to attach to take you to endure longer and that is a really hard thing to do and it will make you question God it's gonna sometimes it makes you mad at God because you don't understand or you question you can't hear his voice when you actually did hear his voice you did hear his voice you didn't understand the mystery behind it is that he pulls the heart in and you have to understand you cannot reason out everything of God and so I would have these dreams on certain months dates and things like that and then like it didn't make sense like how am I still doing this how am I still going because God was pulling me, pulling me, pulling me. You have to believe. You have to believe. You are hearing me. I did tell you this is what it is. This is what it is. Keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. We, I got to a point where, you know, I said I, I could see this going on for two years. Like, this is my life. I go through crazy stuff. And, and it was so hard for me to wrap my head around when is this going to end because of how long it's gone on. That when it did, now this past week, like, I cry a lot because I'm so blown away to finally see God's faithfulness. And I'm so tripped out that he really did this to my body and then like all these years that I stood and I didn't know like it's blowing me away and it's also that he's saying this is like a glimpse like of what I'm about to release and it's just so mind-blowing God's faithfulness on his word when you have to stand so long you don't understand where you're standing you don't you're questioning like how did this person get this like if people understood my ministry has been releasing people's promises in their own life I've seen it. That's all I've watched. I've watched so many people get so many things and walk in this and do this. And, and, and I'm the, a lot of the one that ministered it to them and released it, prayed it over them, walked them through it. And then I was the one suffering and standing. And God would always say, because you're, you're going to, this longer you stand, the greater it is. And people understood. We're so, what's the word where you're self-gratification? I want it quick. I want it quick. If you understood, you waited longer to get a bulk that's greater and better. If you understood, if I could say, I... Uh, did I want marriage? Well, I didn't want marriage, but if I was a girl that normally had wanted marriage like 10 years ago, if I had like gone in, would it have been like if I looked at man, if I waited and waited to get what I'm going to be given? God, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I didn't like settle. I'm so grateful. I didn't try to get a man. Myself. I'm so grateful that like I chose him. These, these men and women that go out and you try to make marriage, you try to make things happen for yourself instead of chasing God. Chase God. He will bring it to you in purity. And those women that they they stop and they and they really pursue pursue God. I those are the the women I like. 
<laughs> I like those women. Cause I, and those females, because I'm like, oh, God, like I honor that. Like, God is going to honor that so crazy. The ones that just, oh, you could just got to go, go, figure, figure, like, what's going to happen to you? You're going to get a bad marriage and then blame God for it. Why did God give this to me? Why did God do this? You, he didn't. You did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you chose this and it's so, so bad. So, but your theology over here is free will, but then... This choice, you flipped into sovereignty. Does that make sense? Because it didn't work for you all of a sudden, God's, God's sovereign, but yet you were there, believed you had free will. I'm so confused, which one are you? Because you're blaspheming God in this one, yet your choice over here got you there. And so we gotta like flip these things. We gotta get get our mind right with what, what, and what we're doing in our life and our choices and what we stand for and just stand, stand, stand just for him, just for him. Choose him, find your value in him. Find him as a husband, find him. Let him tell you you're beautiful. You don't need a man to call out that you're pretty on social media, get him. Okay, I gotta be done. Oh, I can just talk and talk and talk. Sometimes it's like my body hurts and gets so exhausted from talking that that's the thing that shuts me down. Otherwise, my mouth would keep going. <laughs> it's really crazy. It's so weird. I'm like, I can like, whoa, it's so weird how long I could talk. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I gotta stop. God likes it. I think he likes that I can talk a lot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shut this. Jesus. This is, yeah, everything. Whoa. Okay. So God, I just thank you, Father, for whatever, like you're, this thing that you're just releasing, this flip, this shift that's taking place, and a big one next month. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, this big thing. Whoa, next month. Whoa. I just call it. Oh, whoa, this big. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm getting so. <laughs> Lord, that this word would go to the to the people that it's supposed to go to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and get to those people, Father. That we just um, thank you for what you're doing, Lord. And um, I release this, and I thank you that there can be um, no deception that goes through this to certain hearts to hear this impurity and anything that came on your mind. Um, through this that was um, anything that would try to twist things um, demonically any spirits of witchcraft right now in the name of Jesus I just break that off of your mind I break hopelessness I break depression <sighs> I pray that you're just free of things that maybe you have stood for um, needed words from God and that this spoke to your heart God um, and I thank you Lord for all these uh, these demons that you're just exposing that are on people's hearts and the ones that don't know and they're not doing it on purpose and they're truly genuinely like for you father <laughs> and they just didn't realize that some of this stuff isn't in the fullness god <laughs> thank you lord for what you're doing lord <laughs> ah, and father um and we just close this down in jesus <laughs> jesus name ah, amen <laughs>